we are now back from Nightstone after having uh, helped sort some things in the actual town of Nightstone and then also helping with um, <clears throat> the elves of Ardeep solve a problem that they were experiencing with um, the, the winter coming to the Green Glade, which you guys handled over the last two sessions, two sessions or so. Um, but it's the 12th, I believe, when we arrive back in Nightstone. If Anna were here, she would correct me. Uh, I'm sure she will as soon as she gets on. But I believe we, we all got back into Troll's Call on the 12th, which leaves the, or maybe it was the 11th. 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 And yeah. there was a teleport back, so it was instantaneous return. And then that left the 12th and the 13th, and up until sundown on the 14th for any preparations that you wanted to do. Some of which I know have happened in chat, which is great. Um, but I assume there are probably some other things that need to be talked about before getting that far. I will say just a couple of things about how you found Troll Skull when you got back. Mm -hmm. It's still closed. <coughs> Excuse me, you haven't reopened yet. So um, the the inside at this point is pretty darn clean. Erky has been really busy in your absence um, cleaning. Your staff has been on vacation, so they haven't been doing a whole lot. But Erky um, apparently took the time to start doing baseboards and windows because he got a little bored. So. Uh, the whole tavern and some of the common rooms are very clean. The tavern itself in the snow and the winter of Waterdeep, the tavern itself from the outside just looks very warm and welcoming feeling um, against the white snow that's still falling and starting to collect around the edges of the buildings. The city is quieter than, than you would have expected, um, even... Even at this time in the winter where things slow down and the streets aren't as crowded, you do notice that it's a little less crowded than when you left a few days ago. The Your assumption would be, I think, that the um, cult is still having some sort of impact on the citizens and the population. So from there, Anna is, has joined us. Welcome. Um, we were... Hello. I was questioning the date. Uh, the 11th, I think, is what we landed on. For the day we arrived back from Nightstone? The idea was, yes, the night of the 11th. Excuse me. Um, so the morning of the 12th, I know there were a bunch of things going back and forth in chat um, that got dealt with and didn't. But I figure what we can do is just kind of play through those two days um, until there's nothing left to play through. And then just take the story from there, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, sounds fine. Anybody have anything in particular that you want to start off with to accomplish this morning? We're starting on the morning of the 12th. Okay. My thing with follow will be sometime in the afternoon. So if there are shorter things to get mm -hmm. done before then, that's cool. I'm going to go get dice because I forgot. I brought dice. I'll be back. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, the the session with Fala where um, there's additional training and things will happen later in the afternoon today on, sorry, pop and crop shop. Z has some uh, weaving to do. Uh, he's assuming when he craps, uh, cracks that book um, that he's going to need to construct some sort of new loom to contain that particular magic. So whatever supplies to construct the apparatus necessary to use the book, that would be his project. And did you see my note about the package that Z got? No. Uh, if you can, you might want to... All right, I'll take a look at that. Have a look at that real quick. Ah, missed it. It was on the 21st. Yeah, I see it. Gosh, the dice are so pretty when they're all together. Oh. So if that changes your plans, I would certainly understand that. And it's probably about two days worth of repair time 
well, probably about eight to 12 hours, Z, depending on your role. Okay. It's funny. I saw the message after that. I didn't see that one. Um, Money is very important. So, (laughs) so if you see, if you would like Z, um, just over your spare time over the next few days, if you want to roll a tinker check with advantage because of the book that you have, um, we can see how long that'll take. How many rolls? Because I was going to say that Barrett's been in the dojo. Mm. He's working on books and things, but he comes out every once in a while just to check and see if anyone needs any help or if he can lend a hand for a few minutes or whatever. So he's taking a few study breaks here and there. So if you came and tapped him on the shoulder, he would. Be I would likely. I would likely do that. I would be a, a blessing. Let's face or it. He'd want, he'd want witnesses at least. Right. So um, Z, let's just go ahead and do one roll with advantage to cover your two days worth of work and. Yeah, you want a d20 you want a percentage dice um uh, just a d20 on this please uh so i rolled a 13 plus blessing with advantage uh yes 16 total okay um okay um so the over the next two days Mm -hmm. this first day um it's pretty much a full eight hour day but it goes really well so on the well, 13th, um, you feel like it'll probably only take about three or four hours to finish up. And then testing at your leisure. All right. Well, that will be a whole afternoon right there. <laughs> I will leave that to you as to how you want to implement your testing procedures and when. Very good. Very good. All right. Um, Don, did you have anything in particular that you wanted to do other than what uh, I think I got? Now? Yeah. I. I think I got everything basically done. Um, yeah, the rest of it's just business as usual after the summit, depending how that goes. Um, yeah, I'm just updating my inventory with the devout amulet, removing the towels, and we'll get to who's bringing what to the summit later. So no, uh, Don's good. Okay. Uh, Barrett, did you have anything? Uh, I had put it in the character chat, but basically that day Barrett's just reading and studying in the dojo you hear a lot of bumping and crashing as he's bouncing off walls literally trying to learn some new skills um taking notes got ink all over his gi whatever comes out and helps every once in a while or takes meals with everyone that's that's around but that's basically what's going on there for that night that day I like the night. vision of of barrett coming out with stained yes. fingers and thumbprints awesome and then um Ellie, you've got your studying with Fala. Yeah. Um, in the morning before, because I wasn't absolutely certain what time she was supposed to show up. So Ellie cleans the basement and hopefully in whatever spare time between finishing cleaning the basement, which is probably like an hour and a half to waiting for Fala, get yeah. a little bit of book studying in. Sure. I don't know how many hours. Yeah, that'd be dictate. about two hours if, if that's what she wanted to work on. Okay. Yeah. So then that's good for me. Okay, so I would say, go ahead. No, no, uh, continue. Right around around lunchtime before Ellie heads off to Fala and maybe maybe while Z and Barrett are talking about inspiration um, or guidance and um, Don's just checking over things, uh, there is a a light knock at the door and you do hear... <clears throat> Excuse me, one of the urchins on the other side, Nat, just says hello. Come in, girl. Yeah. So yeah. Nat Nat walks in, and of course, Squidly and Jenks are towing right behind her. Um, they all look very cold, but 
they're covered in snow. Um, and you see this great big red mark on Nat's face and she brushes it off. You get the impression they've been snowball fighting for the most of the morning, but she saw you come in <clears throat> and uh, she's very excited to see you, glad you're back. But she says, um, the, Mr. Mr. Barrett, you said you wanted to see us. Uh, yes, I did. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, time out. So this is the this is the twelfth still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll go with it. Well, I uh, mean, we can we can move it if you'd well, rather. No, move I mean, it, it doesn't make a darn bit of difference to me. If story wise, it makes sense to do it on the thirteenth. That's fine too. It makes more sense story wise to do it on thirteenth. Thirteenth, it is. After we would have had a discussion about who's taken what to the meeting. Oh, okay. Well, then we will pause. And... <laughs> okay. Can, can um, I do a, a quick follow up on the carpet before we, we we do that discussion? Sure, go for it. When Zcast identify on it, does he uh, get any sense of it has a mind of its own? Uh, is this after repairing it or before? After repairing it. After repairing it. So yes, as a matter of fact, Z, um, you get the impression that the the previous owner um, was considered more of a partner than a master of the carpet. Uh, just spending some time with it. And even during the repair process, as things started to come together, um, you get the impression that occasionally it um, prefers to do things a different way than, than perhaps its master would want. It is definitely not, um, it, it's definitely sentient. What is the end we're talking about? Or do I know? Does Barrett know? Uh, Barrett doesn't know yet. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, Fine. no, Z, Z will definitely share with, with folks. Uh, he's been working on this carpet that uh, he was going to make his own carpet. But Erky happened to come up with this particular old carpet that needed some repair. So I thought it'd give me a chance to kind of play with it and see if I could work with the magic a little bit. And uh, it's repaired and it's usable. And Arky said I could play with it. So, um, but I'm still getting to know it. Yes, that is that is the case. And technically, it was a gift from Elminster. Um, Erky brought you the package, but it was oh, from I see. Elminster. Yes, you would have recognized. Oh, yes, that the, the the E was yes. It yes. even said it got him out of a scrape or two. Elminster, that is. Wow. What does it look like? So it is. Um, it's a pretty large carpet. It's pretty dingy. It doesn't look. Um, even after Z has repaired it, unless it's been laundered and cleaned, <coughs> it's pretty dingy around the edges. Some of the some of the threads are very frayed. Um, the ones that haven't necessarily been repaired yet. The holes are patched masterfully by Z. Um, it is red and purple with a set of tassels on each end, each corner. Um, very traditionally flying carpet looking. Um, <clears throat> the only strange difference is instead of in the in the center, instead of just a regular design, like a instead of shapes or just a regular weave, it is actually a tapestry in the center. And the center seems to depict something that looks like maybe in a dining room or a pub, a restaurant, tavern kind of thing. But there's a table with um, silver place settings on the table, two chairs pulled out, and then beneath that table is a rug, and it appears to be this rug. So it's almost as if there's a tapestry of itself in the <laughs> Yeah. A rug within a rug? And if you hold it up in the mirror, it goes, um, I love a self-referential <laughs> artifact. Excellent. 
but yes, it it is in fact Z. It is in fact um, it has not spoken as of yet, but you do get vibes from it, especially when you are just in the last stages of repair, turning it over to get to this particular spot. It kind of wiggles its way out from under you. Whatever you did, it didn't really like. It wiggles in another way. Um, as you finish the largest gash that appears to have been a burn of some sort, <coughs> excuse me, as you finish piecing that particular bit together, um, you would almost bet that it's snuggled for just a minute and thanks for having that bit of repair done. Um, definitely has a personality. We'll be great friends, hopefully. Hopefully. But that, that's well, the congratulations. carpet. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, and just for... Um, uh, logistics sake it mm -hmm. looks from here mm -hmm. probably about three feet wide six feet long and will probably you would guess hold two of you pretty easily um beyond that everything would kind of trial and error hmm. okay i mean if it's in a good mood maybe it can carry three if it's in a bad mood maybe not even one <laughs> fun love it congratulations you are now the proud owner of mm, the proud friend of a magic carpet. The, the me and the e rug. That's right. the rug. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so then there was there was some conversation about what was next regarding what was going to um, going to the summit. I will tell you if you would like, Mert can be available for that conversation. He has been about um, having just come back from Nightstone just a little bit after you guys. Um. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. He's the one who's given us the uh, "Hey, be careful" signal in the first place, right? Uh, yes. Well, he and and Renier. Yeah. What's it, Renier, that said something about uh, they ask for magical items, but they're not. Mm -mm. Uh, that, was that was Durnan. That was Durnan. That was Durnan. Okay, that's why. I was like, I knew I had that mindset for a reason. Renair said, yeah, yeah. Renair was the, we don't know what's going on, but you might want to consider not missing. And Dernan's, um, Dernan's take or his advice to you was uh, somewhat mischievous. It was, you know, nobody ever really follows all the rules kind of advice. Yeah. But Mert being Mert is accustomed to dealing with bureaucracies. So he is here to offer his insider services if you have any questions for him. Or you could always seek out Dernan if, if that's something. No, I think it's, personally, I think it's fine if he's there. I mean, Barrett would ask, you know, the group in general, so where do we stand on taking things like the bag of holding and the, the books and the, you know, anything else? I mean, I, I know in chat or in character, we've had some discussion about stone shaping a hole and all those kinds of things. What, where, where's our collective head at right now? Um, well, okay. So for Ellie, um, I mentioned the Arcander specifically before in in chat, um, whether or not we should, well, I mentioned that I would bring it because um, she would be bringing her own personal bag, which has books and papers in it already, all of the non-magical variety. And so having another magical book, a non-magical book in there to her didn't seem like it would raise any red flags. But let's say anyone else had brought up a concern. Um, the other thought would be it is non-magical. Would we be able to fit it in your astral locker, Z? Sure. Okay. Because I, I think because we know that is something that Dreslin is looking for. Yeah. Which is why she didn't want to leave it behind from her person. 
Yeah. If we know someone else is already looking for it, keeping it in the within... locker seems like a good place for it. Then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, I, I I think the stone shaping maybe at the hall uh, for the bag of holding could work. I, I'm a fan of that because I Barrett is just worried that that anyone who has any reason, not specifically to come after us, although there may be people out there who want to come after us. But when we all leave Troll Skull and they know, they, whoever they are, know yeah. that we're all away, it could be time for mischief, you know, somebody breaks in or whatever. And and I'd say the same thing for the Zants and the Zents and the, everybody else who's coming, you know, this would be the time if you were going to do a raid on somebody's place, you'd go raid now because you know they're away. But, I mean, you know, and that same logic would hold if you wanted to attack a place with a whole bunch of nobles in it, this would be the time to do it, which I think we're all aware of that threat, but there's a part of me that thinks we'll come back to Troll Skull and it'll be ransacked, but that's Barrett being Barrett. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's inevitable that the things we own could get lost or stolen or destroyed. So holding on to the more important ones for the sake of whatever, saving the world, whatever it happens to be that we're doing right now. I think that's the most important thing. At least for me, any other magical item that I have, it's, I think I have two that may, they may come with me or they'll get stolen. I mean, it's, it's, it's what it is, but keep your important the other things where you'd mm-hmm. like. And the last item I think that's up for massive discussion uh, is what to do with the Nightstone. I know Z, he still has it in his pocket. But it won't go in the locker because it is magical. We can't bring it to the summit because it would absolutely be detected. Um, and the question is, do we put that in the bag into a wall? Do we leave it with Z or put it somewhere else? I'll leave it with Nat. With Nat? <laughs> I mean, we've trusted them with various things. This is true. The trick with the Nightstone is no one knows we have it. So we're not, it's, it particularly isn't in any danger of getting taken. Because no one is like focused on stealing it, and if they were, they'd look for us. But then, why would they look for us? They don't know we have it. They'd go to Nightstone, spend however long we spent there. Right, unless someone happens to have heard the rumors that are probably flying out of Nightstone that hey, the big magical stone that used to, the big stone that used to be sitting in the middle of the square is gone. But there's probably other great rumors flying around out there about mists and fogs and skeletal dragons and whatever else is so I, no, I tend to agree with you i don't have a reason to think anyone is searching specifically for the nightstone so it's probably a little safer to hide in plain sight kind of thing but uh, yeah so barrett would say that right now i'm probably going to leave my two or three best magical items that i don't think i can part with i'm going to give them to the urchins and i'm going to tell the urchins to take care of them and i'm also going to tell the urchins to stay the heck away from troll skull the evening that we're gone, but that's just what Barrett's going to do. I, I do want to talk to Mert about things that he thinks might be allowed in. So, for instance, a headband of intellect or boots of elven kind or anything like that that is purely, lack of a better term, a buff and not a, not in any way a, a weapon or can be used for anything else yeah. or, you know, any kind of attack thing. It, does he, what does Mert think? Would those things pass or not? Mert uh, gives that a little bit of thought, and you sense a, a bit of a hesitation before he responds, but he says, 
in the in the past, the when there's been a request for no weapons at a meeting like this, you must understand this is rare for a meeting like this to occur. In the past, uh, weapons are exclusively disallowed, and there is rumor that they have some way of preventing other magical items from functioning. The more mundane items are too difficult to spot. I don't think they leave that to chance. Do you know if uh, we are subject to like a very, very thorough search upon entering or even leaving Trollskull with the guards? How does that work? It would seem, given your status, uh, and he looks at Don at that point briefly and then looks back at the rest of you and says that any such search would be taken as insulting. I don't expect that you would be physically searched. Now, there may be some other means of detecting things you might have. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I know Blackstaff will be in attendance and she's, well, she's the Blackstaff for a reason, but I, I, I would not expect a full intrusive search, so to speak. Mm-hmm. How likely do you think any of the Zents or, um, well, yeah, any of the Zents would bring their own items, smuggle things in? I don't trust them any further than I could throw them. I, I would I would be shocked if they didn't bring some, some method of defense, at least, if not offense. I would be more prepared for defenses against such things than thorough searches preventing their admission to the room. I, I think Z's impulse is to trust the security of Trollskull and the the built-in vaults and locks and all of that, and to hire more security there uh, if needed. But I think Z doesn't care. He's going to leave most of his stuff in a locker in the wall and go pretty pretty naked, frankly. Yeah, Barrett's going to agree with that. I mean, given given what Mert just told us, he'll probably keep his headband on. Yeah. And if it gets rendered useless, it gets rendered useless. But I guess other than that, other than his tattoo, which you can't really remove, he's going to probably go with nothing else. The way and I think I'll right. give the urchins my staff of striking and probably no, that's probably and probably the parapet of poison resistance. I'll probably give them that, those two items and ask them to hold on to it. And the rest of it I'll just store in my secret compartment in my room. On the matter of security, we do have Herb, and he does have a couple of friends that he trusts that we could bring in to assist Erky while we're gone. Yeah, he's definitely offered that before, and certainly would be available to do that. Let's have a little extra muscle. I love that. That was Nat talking. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. The staff had been passed off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll come back tomorrow for the staff. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so Ellie has, if I don't wear the quaddle armor, because that's magical, I will have the lowest AC, I think, of all of you, which is why I considered if I was going to go, I would bring a weapon, try to smuggle a weapon in, because if anything happened, yeah, maybe nothing will happen. But if something happens, then I won't be completely defenseless and hiding behind another person because I can't just bamf out, which is my usual go-to. So uh, she will definitely, she will carry, and she'll, I'm telling you this, uh, she'll carry three daggers on her, but she will hand over one if they ask. Um, I will, and I, and I can roll for this, Damon, when it comes to it. She will hide one um, non-magical 
regular non-magical dagger in her boot and a non-magical dagger in her hair. And, and uh, she will remove a one of her plus one, plus two daggers. She won't even attempt to bring the one that we got from Espel because Espel's going to be there. So it doesn't make any sense to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be in poor taste. Yeah. Unless like, you're hey, fully oh. confident in your gaslighting <laughs> abilities. This dagger? No, you gave this to me at a party. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. I mean, you know, I got pretty high deception. I can, I can try, but no. There's no point in trying because I'll be deceiving in other ways. Deceiving. Um, I will try. I will... So Mer, Mert would actually, also interrupt at that point with your mention of mm-hmm. armor. Um, Mert would would say there's no prohibitions against anything that would necessarily keep you safe. Uh, uh, armor would be fully expected, I would think. Uh, I can't imagine anyone there will be not armored. Even if it's magical? <laughs> well, it doesn't appear magical. And if they do have a way of turning off the magic, at least you've still got armor. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, there are several things. Okay. Um, by way of what Barrett said, though, I've been trying to think of what to do with the staff of Python because it's just sitting right now in the basement storage. And I think um, I would give it to the urchins as well, but not as to keep safe, but that they can like just pass it on to them because Natalie has already met Monty. And I think having that kind of protection potentially available to her or whoever of them wants to keep it would be, I think that would make me feel better about always putting them in positions of uh, danger. And then we don't have a staff just sitting around perfectly good staff. So we'll add that to the things uh, uh, the urchins get. That's cool. And this one they get to keep. That's cool. Your kids have a snake. <laughs> a really, really big snake. <laughs> Hey, you please know, don't conjure it under the house. Him. No, it's, no it's great. Under the house. It's great. It's great. You know, I'm sure there will be mayhem and mischief about, but that's how you learn, right? We've all been there. <laughs> so we didn't used to trust them with a broken wand of magic missiles, but now we're going to give them a staff of a python. I love it's it. It's the intent that makes staff all the difference. Python is a little less aggressive than the magic missiles, but also I don't. Think. I mean, I didn't care about the magic missiles. I don't know who it was who wanted to, who made us take it away from them, but we did. We did. All right, cool. So bright and shiny clothes. That's it. You know, just looking good. All right. Awesome. Can't take so away. Then would turn to Don and say, "So then, based on what Mert just said, I would think your shield and your armor, whichever armor be you a problem. choose to wear, would be fine." Um, and- on that note, I would have unattuned to the talisman of pure good because I went to the hall this morning and I have borrowed the amulet of the devout. And Damon, it was the rare variety, right? The plus two. I think that's the one. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So I will attune. I will attune to that. And the talisman of pure good. Now, do we want to put that in the bag, or we can perhaps let Erky use it while we're gone? To tell him not to use the charges, but he can use it to boost his spell power. Um, but as far as what I'm going with, I'm going with my armor, my shield, guardian emblem. And because this is the 12th, uh, the glove and the gauntlets. And I will give Erky my Mace of Disruption and the gun. And I will tell Erky, if it comes to it, it's fully loaded. Um, <laughs> mace. And that I would be having Herb come with his friends to help guard. Bringing to the summit, I'm only wearing 
what as a cleric I would bring to anything where something potentially might go wrong. I can just imagine Erky taking the gun from you. Oh, thank you. What what does this do? (laughs) (laughs) Erky, no. (laughs) And then it it will hit whatever you aim at. So don't aim at yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. The night stone we're just gonna leave in Z's pocket. Um, it's magical, right? It's up to you, Z. Um, it's a stone. It's just a lucky stone. It'll go in. It's just a lucky stone. Yeah. Green stone keeps it. It's the same. Got a little thumbprint um, on it. I'm just, I'm just not picturing like a, a mass identification when we come in. It's like, <laughs> uh, I think we'll be okay. Even if it's in, we won't be able to use the Nightstone, of course, we don't know how to use the Nightstone anyway. Yeah, Mert would, Mert would agree that a mass identification is probably not. At the end of the day, you're, you're still being invited, quote unquote, to the meeting. And, you know, there is a certain decorum that is expected. All right. So um, if, right. if you if, if we're all in agreement then on the big things, then if you want to fast forward to the urchins, then basically when they show up, Barrett. Oh, yeah. I still have my studying, but we can fast forward and then go back if that's. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, we were going to wait until. Yes, my bad. Yep, go ahead. But we're go, go, go. on the topic, so it's fine to go to the urchins because then you know make sure everything. We won't forget anything. Yeah. All right. So we, so can, we can. Yeah. Knock, knock. In, in comes Matt. So, Nat, got an important job for you guys. How safe do you think your little hideout is? And she looks at the two next to her, and there is a, a fairly substantial grin that comes across her face. <clears throat> and she says, oh, we think it's really safe now. You remember when the house next door got blown up? Yeah. Well, and they fixed it. Well, there was lots of leftover lumber and nails and all sorts of things. We borrowed them. Good for you. Very safe. Ah, uh, well done. Well done. Have you told anyone else at all about the location of your hideout? No, no. I I think the the old man knows, but he he always knew, and he's never bothered us. All right, old I man, have... do you mean uh, neighbor? The one that lives above you? Uh, someone uh, else, Mr. Trench. Okay. Makes sense. Speaking of that, um, he's been gone for a few days, and I got this. Somebody came by yesterday with this, and and they told me to give it to you. And she hands over a piece of parchment, very small, with a green, uh, dark green wax seal pressed into it. Is it addressed to Trench? Like I'll look at it. It just says Troll Skull, um, ah, but you okay, do recognize you do recognize the seal as Trench's. Oh. So it's for us from him. It is. Open or it appears it? to be. Uh, inside, you find a very brief note um, that is in Trench's hand. I think you've had notes passed back and forth. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it says, neighbors, I am in need of your aid if you can spare the time. I've left water deep for a time due to some unforeseen circumstance. It appears an acquaintance from my past has resurfaced and has been trying to locate me for what I assume are not friendly purposes. I'd request your aid in helping me to settle this matter. Settle is in quotes. I can be found at the Elfsong Tavern in Baldur's Gate. Sincerely, V. Mm-hmm. That's a ways away. Uh, yeah, that's so... And the that's date so on far. it is... Um, the date on the note? Four yes. days ago. Four, Four days, days ago. ago. Wow. On the ninth. Uh, yeah, we were not here. Um, right? Yeah. Nope. Nightstone. Yeah. It was only just delivered yesterday. Then. Okay. 
And what was the name of the inn? Uh, the Elf Song Tavern. Yeah, it does sound familiar. <laughs> Elf Song. <laughs> Elf Song sounds familiar. It is because it's a real tavern of Baldur's. There you go. Yeah, but I've never played Baldur's Gate. Well, maybe it, maybe mm. I you probably have. One time I was not even realizing. Yeah. <clears throat> but at any rate, not there you that go. Lucky so you know. Well, it is the twelfth. I could when we see that, I I could send him and let him know we got this at least that we're we're busy for a bit. I don't know if there's a deadline on this matter, but I can at least let him know we've received the note. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. a great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so I'll send Trench. Um, Trench, received your note today. Are you still in Baldur's Gate? Any more detail on the matter? Are you in trouble? Thank you very much. You wait almost no time. Like, it's almost eerie how quickly he responds. Um, and he says, no trouble now. Would appreciate help if you can spare it. Still in Baldur's Gate. Fairly safe. Thank you. All right, so I'll just turn back to the group and I'll say, well, he says he's fairly safe, still in Baldur's Gate. Um, nothing needed immediately, but he's the situation is not resolved. So he still needs our help at some point if we can spare it. Did he sound worried, super businessy, like Trench? He never sounds ruffled. Did he sound he never, ruffled? He did not sound ruffled. No, he sounded okay. very much like Vincent. He's a very difficult man to read. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll deal with that when we deal with that. <laughs> Get okay, into so, the crisis um, queue. <laughs> the... Uh, the urchins are still there with you, obviously, and um, mm-hmm. she's just kind of looking at you all, waiting for the response about the note. But um, the finally, um, Squidly kind of steps up and elbows her in the ribs, and you see him. You know, he reaches up and whispers into her ear something very, very quietly, and she says, "You hear that? Go back." Um, and then she looks over at Jenks, who signs something. Um, Don, you and Ellie would, I think, would both catch his, in his sign language, it does cross across the word witch, because that's one of the we learn. Um, and, uh, otherwise it's just quick signing. She signs back to him, and I would think probably all of you would notice fairly quickly, she turns crimson color of red, blushing. Um, she's definitely keeping something from you, and she's not good at it. (laughs) So... You know, we're all friends here, and uh, you don't keep secrets from friends, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) And she turns and signs again, um, and you can see them just signing back and forth, and the signing is getting more and more furious. Um, And finally, she she says out loud, I'm going to tell them. Now give it to me. Holds her hand out. Um, And you see him hand her, he reaches in through his cloak around his pudgy, you know, where checks a couple different pockets. And he hands over a very plain box, um, probably eight inches long, four by four, uh, smaller than a loaf of bread, I guess. And he hands over this box to her. And she says, we would have brought it to you sooner. Well, but I didn't know about it. And, and he didn't want to tell me. So I'm sorry, we should have brought it over to you. And she just kind of holds it out with both hands. Waiting for someone to take. Veritable insight. Oh, okay. Veritable head to oh, take okay. it. Give it a once over. Checking for traps. Okay, roll an investigation check. Because why not? If it was trapped, Barrett. Don't you think they would get trapped? Who knows? It'd be a bomb. I don't bomb. know because I only goes off when we touch so. it. <laughs> if, if it is trapped, I don't know about it. 
So as you're looking it over, um, Jenks does his best to hide behind Net. Um, I mean, she's so skinny and he's so big, it doesn't really work, but he just kind of tucks sheepishly behind her. And the box is very plain. It's got hinges on one side and a, just a simple clasp, but it's extraordinarily heavy for its size. I mean, the thing that you notice first, it's a lot heavier than it should be to be a simple little um, wooden box, but it doesn't appear to be locked. doesn't appear to be trapped. Have you guys opened this already? Yes, you can open it and it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll you have it, so. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Right. I'll, I'll so, open it. As you open it, um, Z, I think you still have it. The contraption that you acquired from the dead man in the alley begins to whir and knock and buzz and sputter. (laughs) It's incredibly broken, that contraption still. I don't think anybody's repaired it, but uh, you do get a lot of movement and noise out of said contraption. Barrett in the box is a... um, oval-shaped stone, three black stones embedded in it. From, from the looks of it, you would recognize it as the description you've heard way too many times. You you have now officially acquired the Stone of Galore. And she looks over at you and she says, I'm sorry, we, well, he took it off the dead body that night. And it, it was right around when the witch left. And well, he didn't tell me until a few days after that. And he didn't want me to tell anybody because he called it his treasure. But I don't know. It's scary. And um, you notice in the box, Barrett, the ins- the entire inside of the box is lined with uh, Z, I guess it's probably worth you uh, doing a quick identify on this sucker before we <laughs> close up the box. Okay. Happy oh, to. Okay. I'm thinking of a naked pirate right now. <laughs> All right, Z. That would have to throw off your spell check. I mean, you're identifying if you're thinking of a naked pirate. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> no goodness. one could possibly cast a spell while thinking of a naked pirate. So the the, um, the vibes that you get off the stone are pretty intense. There's a lot going on. Uh, you identify that there is the potential for the stone to... Uh, be a cursed item to curse a person. It isn't entirely clear how that curse would happen. Um, you also get other other vibes from it. Uh, it does feel like it may actually also be sentient, the stone itself. Okay. Um, you get the impression that the stone is a guide somehow mm-hmm. to, um, well, to what you have heard. That's what we thought, a, yeah. Yeah, which is a, um, a massive treasure. Um, you get that Galore is not the source of the stone, not a location, but an actual individual. And that the stone of Galore may actually be Galore, him or herself. <clears throat> Beyond that, uh, you do get a sense that there is some definite evil involved in the stone. But without, without being able to figure out exactly what it does or how it does it, um, it would be difficult to see, you know, what, what kind of information you Uh So I share that and ask, does anyone have uh, any not lower knowledge of galore, like a person galore? Do I know anything? I'm searching my... Have we ever looked up Stone of Galore in the Arcander? We did, yeah, right? Yeah, we did. Yep, we okay. did. Did we get all the information? I don't remember what we could around what galore. We didn't get much Before information we... on galore being anything. Before yeah. we... 
talk about this as a group. Are we done with the urchins? Hint, hint. <laughs> um, um, I, before they go, I would yeah. ask Jenks, what's the sign for treasure? Treasure. Uh, and you got a sign for treasure, I'm sure. Like, I mind my back. You got it. So Bear will close the box and hand it over to Z or someone who wants to hold it. And he'll sit down on the floor with the urchins and he'll say, look, you guys have given us some amazing information tonight. And we want you to know we're really, or this afternoon, whatever it is, and we're really proud of you. You've done a good job. We also want you to know sometimes there's things like this treasure, and I'll sign it back, that are very dangerous. And so anytime you acquire something that you don't know what it is, please come and talk to us and show us what it is or send us, give us the notes that you come across or whatever. We will be more than happy to make sure it's safe. So, uh, so thank you. And he'll give each of them a couple silver pieces and tell them, make sure you go have some fun today. Buy some, something fun. Uh, I already they... gave them your weapon. Sorry. What's that? I asked if you already gave them your, your I, things I get, to the, Well, at the beginning of this, I gave them my staff oh, okay. of power and, or staff of striking and told them to keep this safe until I come back from the meeting tomorrow night, if this is the going to be the 14th, whatever. Meeting on the 14th. And don't mess around with it. It's dangerous, but I'll show you how to use it when I come back. And don't tell anybody about it. And whatever you do, stay away from Troll Skull on the night of the 14th. You can see them going, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I need a list. <laughs> but oh, yeah, um, with pretty uh, pretty substantial sense of pride, they head off. With, um, they're much more interested, um, especially Jenks, seems to have happily given up the box because of the coin that he's got in his hand. Um, he doesn't even give a look back. He's clearly off to spend his money on who knows what. Um, Squidly and Matt, kind of leave after him whispering back and forth a couple of signs exchanged between them as well okay, okay. so okay. Yeah. one more thing to figure out what we're going to do with it before the meeting <laughs> um hey elminster we got a thing yeah right we keep accumulating rocks exactly um oh would it be fair to say i could quickly send herb and see if he's available and his friends on the night of the 14th yes yes Okay. Uh, so, and it, and right, yeah. he is. Um, we've no, we've not actually interacted with him very much, but he is. We haven't had a chance to. No, no I know. <laughs> but yeah, he's incredibly yeah, no, he's a cool, loyal. So cool guy. you know, yeah. he's basically waiting for the call. Um, you got a, an incredibly loyal head of security. I will make sure that there are pastries in the kitchen for when he gets here. <laughs> All right. So, so, so I would just tell Erky that they're showing up. Um, while you you get the sense that attuning to the stone is probably not the best idea. <laughs> um, that that might be one of the ways that the stone can reach out and um, cause the curse. But you do also sense that um, the, the stone has the power to increase one of your ability scores by two. Nice. At the same time, however, it um, <clears throat> may also have a negative impact on your hit points. Um, meaning it may introduce a weakness to a specific type of damage that you don't currently have. It also contains um, three charges of the Legend Lore spell, which is a pretty cool spell. I don't think I know what that one does. Uh, That's a nice one. one. It basically helps you recall 
lore about a person or a place or an object. <clears throat> hmm. And that spell is on D&D Beyond if you did, but it um, just allows you to gain information that you may not have already had um, lore, like okay. lore that would be found in a bard's tale, for example, about specific person, place, or object. And I think that's probably about all you that out there as a temptation. That's probably uh, about everything that you get um, from your identity. Uh, okay, that's what it does. Never mind the cultural significance and the weightiness of it in this current situation. What the yeah. hell are we going to do with this? We're not going to keep this, are we? Not ours. Be pirates following us everywhere. We don't want that. Only if we keep that box open. We should make sure that stays closed at let's, all times. Let's close that box immediately, shall we? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you do, the um, the broken object falls silent again. All right. Well, now we know why that thinger wouldn't work. Hmm. All right. Well, boy. So you think the I meaning mean, is going to be, was it the meaning, do you have the stone of galore like everyone thinks you do? No, we don't. Oh, wait, we got it yesterday. Yesterday. It, we just got it. It just came to us. And really, it's the honest to gosh truth. Well, one good thing, though. If Jenks has had it for a while and he had opened it and looked at it a while ago yeah. and it didn't actually, like, you know, summon a flock of naked pirates, then probably us opening the box here for the last two minutes didn't do the same thing. So, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I mean, about that. now it's just a deception <laughs> check instead of a, you know, whatever oh, check, I... persuasion check that we don't have it. So, uh, I mean, we could send it somewhere else. Maybe the, how about... Um, seal the box closed and send it, it off. And, <laughs> bury yeah. it in the desert. Let's bury it in the desert. No one will ever know. This is a good thing to ask Elminster. Who is the best person to have this? Is it you, Elminster? What do you think of that? Well, Elminster's not here. Mert's here. Um, oh, yeah, Mert. Mert. Funny oh, great. Mert knows about that. Oh, well, we fast forwarded, so Mert isn't here. Okay, Mert's not here. <laughs> I assume Mert would, wouldn't be there for the. We fast forward and Sirik is dead. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. No, in the timeline of the day, we fast yeah, forward to before. when we gave the urchins. So Mert is not here because Mert was um, there the day before. The day before that. Oh, I see. So I will just add um, it also in the box under the stone. <clears throat> Nobody, um, probably Z, you would have come across it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a small slip of parchment that says Troll Skull Tavern on it, and that's under the stone. Um, yeah, there you go. Love from <laughs> no love from just Troll Skull Tavern. Is it oh, written in a hand me. that looks like Elminster's writing, like it was on the same writing that was on the flying carpet writing? Uh, <laughs> it is not written in the same hand, no. Does it look familiar to anything we've Anybody? seen in writing we've noticed um, received? You can roll an investigation check. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to switch mine for a 20. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, it does not look like anybody's hand that, that you would recognize. No. Um, it does look hastily scrawled, since you have a 20. Um, right. Hastily scrawled oh. on a torn bit of parchment. Does it look old, the parchment? No. Okay. Well, I mean, the parchment might, but it looked recently ripped, recently loaded, that sort of thing. Um, And I I mean, with a 20, if you put those things together, um, I think that you would assume, based on where the body was 
um, and what where you, it was found. Yeah, um, ah. that whoever what whoever belonged to that body was intending to bring the stone to Trollskull, either to deliver it to your hands or plant it or something, but yeah. intending literally to bring it to Trollskull. All right, so I get the sense this note was for whoever was delivering this. For whatever reason, this was just the location of where to bring it. For Not sure if we'll ever know why, but it seemed written quickly. Um, now you have the Stone of Gore. And, and now we were asked about it in this meeting. Well, we will lie. Yeah. We will lie through our stinking teeth because... We're good at that. That's okay. There are other people who are better at it. It's fine. See it to be a bit quiet. All right, so where are we putting it? I'll just attune to it real quick, and then we'll... No. <laughs> All right, Tabitha, I you do that. I <laughs> would like to roll to tackle Barrett and knock it out of his hand. <laughs> um, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly yeah. go wrong? Maybe uh, in a separate... Maybe we uh, stone shape it in a separate place. Like it is in lead. In it is encased in lead, so... Yeah, I yeah. think I would keep all the stuff together. Uh, so it's going in the bag of holding then? No, no, I meant, well, I don't care if it goes in the bag or not. I'm assuming it's inert because it's in the box of lead, but I, I would I would make one honey hole rather than 15 mm-hmm. honey holes with all of our stuff. But that's just my two cents. I don't, it truly doesn't matter to me. This was one I was not ready. <laughs> Barrett hasn't thought about the Stone of Galore in a long time. Oh. At least and, three days, game time. But <laughs> a month. I, I've been dead since last time I thought about it. That's right. You were dead last time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll go into hiding with the bag of holding. All right. The stone of glory is going yeah. into the bag of holding or with the bag of holding? Into the bag of holding. Bag of board. And then go hiding with it by proximity. Yeah. I like that because if it's sent in, even with the lead, now it's in an interdimensional space and it can't probably do anything bad. Um, uh, what was it? I think the last question about the, the items was uh, all the books that were non-magical but had information that was important. We'll just leave that in the bag of holding as well. Yeah? I think that's best considering a lot of the books okay. that we took that were non-magical were highly specific and taken off of shelves for a reason. So. It would be easy to look oh. for that specific book as opposed to it being potentially lost in the wreckage. Right. And and the scrolls are in there right now as well. Shall we leave those there too? Yeah. Or do we the like do we want to give them? To, yes. Huh. Uh, or do we want to give them to Erky to hold until we get back? Just Did you just well whatever. Okay. okay. Doesn't matter. They're not. I can't use the scrolls. So you guys do what you want to do with them. You can use them. Okay, I have With very risk. little chance of successfully using them, so I'm okay. not worried about those scrolls. You guys okay. decide what you want to do with them. Uh, okay, they can stay in the book. I'm just, I'm, I'm offering the thought to the rest of you. So then they'll stay in the bag with everything else that's already in the bag, um, except for my personal bag. Yeah. All right. All right, so I would tell the group, I have plans to go to the hall anyway tonight. Um, I can bring the bag and hide it there tonight it is now we're on the 13th so yeah um, are you who are you are you telling father evercrest or anyone else about it or are you just going to go to the hall and find an empty room and bury it in a floor or something i guess i'm just curious Either. who has knowledge of it uh, right now no one um 
I would, I could tell Father Evencrest that I'm doing so, but I don't think it would be an issue to find some secluded place in the evening to hide it. Yeah, if you've, I mean, I don't know what your relationship is to him. It's totally up to you. I don't think we're honestly putting him in danger, so I don't think he needs to know about it. And if, if he doesn't know about it, then no one he knows can honestly it. say I, he doesn't know about it. I would trust him to know about it. I have no inhibitions about hiding that from him, but if a group feels better that he knows nothing of it, then he won't know anything of it. But I would prefer he knows, considering there are children at the hall, and I think it is better for someone to know. You've got the relationship also, with him. You decide. I'm just curious. Um, you decide. Yeah. Did we get the lead box meat too? Uh, that was okay. There. No? So we have the little hole in the floor in the basement from like a year and a half ago when we first had the tavern switched up. Oh, so, so there, there that is, is already that is, lead yes, in there. That is lead line. Gotcha. It is small. It's like a yay by yay, but that is the small lead line compartment we do have in the basement. That is the only lead area in our tavern at this time. Yeah. Okay, we don't have a separate lead box. No, no, we do not. At, okay. You just, in each one of our rooms, we have a separate, either a floorboard or a wallboard or something that has a hiding place in it. Yeah. And then we all have mm -hmm. those little threads that we can put across our doors to mm -hmm. let us know if somebody enters our rooms. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Huh? Check stone of galore and yeah. other stuff. Now is it will be a follow follow wow. after all? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I didn't I didn't read the description of it, but I did go look in D and D Beyond, and it's there. And I'm like, wow, it's a wondrous item. It's yeah, it's mm -hmm. wondrous. Item. All right. Um, yeah, I mm, I think you probably know almost everything in the description. Of it. You're probably safe. Um, so as we're breaking up on the night of, or on the 13th, Barrett will just let everyone know that he's going to visit one of the nearby monasteries tomorrow morning, the morning of the 14th, but he has every intention of being back by noon, and just in case he's not, to go ahead and go on without him, but he'll catch up, but I have no reason to believe I won't be there. Won't right. be back here by sunset. Sounds good. And then, Don, you're going, <coughs> excuse me, on the night of the 13th? Yeah, and that was what I wrote in my chat. Right. So I'll just retcon that I brought the bag at that school. Sounds good to me, yep. No, and no I would tell Father Evencrest that I, if it is all right with him, I do have something of importance that needs to be in safekeeping, if I could put it somewhere in the hall so he doesn't know where. But if I wanted to put something in a place that would potentially not be looked for, and there's lots of stone, is there anywhere that would be okay? Um... And he would suggest that you find a place suitable for what you're without him, if that makes sense. Don't tell me. Um, don't tell me. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I would do that. I'll I'll find some secluded cold room in the floor. Blah 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 blah. And it's stone shaped, hidden away. And yep. what's in there? Uh, I would just stone shape, huh? What's the answer in the, is yes. What's <laughs> the in the bag of holding? Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> so I will stone shape as far down as I can, which I think is. Five feet. Yeah. yeah. And then plop and then stone shape. So you cannot tell. Not a problem. Not a problem. Cool. Just and then that character. thing happens though. Out of character for a second. That's brilliant. It never dawned on me to stone shape the bag into anything. Into a freaking I, mean, orphanage. I, I never thought of <laughs> into an orphanage. That. Like, so come just, on. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, so as you're leaving, um, First of all, Helms Hall is incredibly packed. Um, the the number of children there has, from your last visit, easily doubled. And there's a lot of noise, a lot of commotion, as 
Many of the children at this point don't have beds, so they're putting makeshift cots. I mean, it, it almost, had Don seen one, it would probably remind him of a war zone. Mm, lots mm-hmm. of, you know, lots of snotty noses, lots of kids, um, some happily playing, others, you know, being comforted by some of the older ones in the corner as they're mourning the loss of their parents. <clears throat> the staff is overworked, run down, drained. I mean, you, you barely can find um, Father Evan Crest. And when you do, he's um, grateful to see you specifically as Don, but you can tell um, this is wearing heavily on both him and the hall. <clears throat> and many of the donors who would normally help with the upkeep of the hall, um, because in addition to obviously being a hall for Helm, you know, it is one of the largest orphanages in the city. So donations from from people in the city are fairly common to keep it running. And um, donations are are significantly down as, you know, large swaths of the population of the city have seemingly come under the control of the cult. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so he is very tired, very haggard um, looking, trying to deal with all these things. And then, of course, confides in you um that last minute post that you got about the resources that he was hoping for that have not yet come in um but on top of that just as you're getting ready to leave and having spoken with him about those few things that we put in chat earlier um Mm -hmm. he does pause for just a minute and reaches out and puts his hand on your shoulder and he closes his eyes and um mutters under his breath what you assume is some sort of prayer to helm and um, he squeezes your shoulder very tightly and then releases. Um, there's a look of worry on his face when he finishes that, that prayer. Um, but then he pats you on the shoulder and thanks you for your service and bids you good luck. All right. A question. Yep. What language was he speaking when he said that? When he was murmuring? Yeah. Common. Could I Just see common. what he was saying? Oh, I mean, no, he was literally under his breath murmuring. Sorry. Uh, Very, very, um, I mean, it, it would have, it would have not struck you as unusual. It would have just seemed like a normal prayer. Okay. But the way in which it was delivered was odd. Um, the, the aftermath was what was odd. Like in, in putting his hand on your shoulder and saying a prayer, you've gotten his blessing. God knows how many times. Um, so that part would feel customary. Mm-hmm. But the look of concern that washed over his face afterward um, is concerning. Yeah. All right. But well, he, I... he swiftly passes that off of his face, pats you on the shoulder, and immediately turns to, you know, tending to the rest of the needs of, of the hall. Yeah. Okay. Well, seeing all of that, um, I will amend the original amount I left in the alms box, and I will leave a bigger sum. Um, okay. How much do I have? Uh, I will drop 2000 gold wow plunk 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 i was just thinking when when don got back to the to troll skull would would you tell us of that Um, at helms hall yeah i I absolutely considering has to do with the cult uh so oh gosh more happened okay um and i did give him back the glove by the way that's i the impression i don't need that anymore no um I don't think that you would have gotten that impression. I still have it then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, cool. All right. Then I'll hold that part, but I will get 
I would get back to the tavern. Um, and I'd say, regardless of what happens at the meeting tomorrow, we need to resolve concern with this cult somehow. The amount of orphans now within the hall is exorbitant, and I think it's only going mm-hmm. to continue growing. Donations have essentially ceased as I think more nobles are becoming enraptured by the cult. Um, uh, we, we need to do something. And uh, he did, uh, Father Amicrest did lend me the Amulet of the Devout, but on the condition potentially to help him, um, a mass shipment of rations for the hall. The cart never arrived, and his contact in um, Don hurriedly tries to recollect where it was coming from. Amphail. Um, yeah, oh, contact- Amphail. Is missing and is not any of his beckons. So this problem is now it's big citywide. More so, I guess, than citywide. Barrett would, Barrett would suggest then, because he's always been the kind of person who believes money is there to be spent, not to just be sitting in your coffers. That let's take the money from Iris's soup kitchen for that fund and dole out a good chunk of it to Helms Hall if that's where the main relief efforts are coming from because it's not doing us any good. We can't open the soup kitchen tomorrow anyway, but they can do something with it tonight or tomorrow morning or whatever it takes. I know I would be grateful for that use. Yep. All right. Half of it, two thirds of it. I don't see why not all of it. It's not like we're going to use it. Yeah. Let's just do all of it and we'll just make a donation in the honor of Iris Blackwood. Great. It would would be appreciated. Can somebody remind me about how much money that is? Uh, it is two thousand one hundred eighty-seven. Is it only two thousand? Really? Um, no. Part of it is because Barrett's cut went into that when he died, and then we needed to use some of it to outfit him again. Um, so the okay. amount did go down. The exact amount, Damon, is two thousand eight hundred twenty-two. All right. Is that that is being done in the name of Iris? I mean, Don would prefer we just anonymously give it. Okay, that's cool. I would actually, that's, yeah, because we would need to ask permission of her mother. All right, yeah, yeah. we'll just do it that. anonymously. Her mother's dead. I wonder who would be answering questions for the estate. Probably Mert, I guess. Wait, wait, wait no. wrong mom. <laughs> I don't know. Is <laughs> still alive. Wrong Blackwood. I hope she's still alive. Oh, gosh. Your siblings. Yeah, wrong Blackwood. <laughs> mom, sorry. Yeah. Wrong so Iris Brayton. Iris Brayton. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Brayton is Blackwood's sister. Brayton yes. was a Blackwood before, or maybe no, they had no. different Brayton, names. No, Blackwood was a Brayton. Blackwood was a Brayton. Wait, what's their Brayton was the was the Blackwood uh, married into the Blackwood family. I know, but Brayton wasn't married to a Brayton before. Was, but it was her family. <laughs> okay, so okay. Yes. Anyways. Moving okay. on. Well, we never Riveting. asked Lady Brayton why she kept the name if she married someone else because we never met her husband either. So right. <laughs> we were too busy letting her daughter die. So <laughs> exactly, we were kind of preoccupied breaking she wasn't the door. Answering it anyway. <laughs> she was like, "I'm going to need therapy before I can answer that question." <laughs> um. Okay. So, but but more specifically, who is someone taking that money down? Um, when are we having it or what are the logistics for? Oh, again, I feel like considering twice. Barrett wants to wants to volunteer. I was just going to say something. Early tomorrow morning, Barrett is going before sunrise. Barrett is going to leave to go to this monastery, Mm -hmm. and 
talk to the sensei there or the friar there, whatever he finds, and I would be happy to drop it off on my way. And I can tell Father Evercrest it's from Troll Skull, but we are donating it anonymously and no one needs to know about it. And please hire the people or buy the resources you need. And if we can help in any other way, we will. Is that good? Or I'm going out of town. I mean, I'm leaving water deep for a few hours anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Is that good, Don? Yeah. It's only about I mean, a 15-minute I... walk from where you are to home, where you will be to Holmes Hall. Alms box is uh, straight down the hall on the left. So. Okay, so I will maybe say... not just drop it in the alms. Yeah, box. Just... <laughs> I'm all about anonymity, Barrett. Oh, 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 it's, it's a pretty big alms box. There we yeah, go. This is like an this alms is the barrel, type of church, you know. You know they've yeah. got they've got space for money. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I'm gonna make a note that that money is now gone in the tavern channel. Okay. Well spent. So uh, thank in, you, all of you, by the way. Yeah, that was cool. Uh in the meantime, I will say, Don, uh on the way south to Holmes Hall and on the way back, um yes. you have a, a couple of different times where you feel a little bit suspicious about a gaggle of cult members that are headed in the same direction as you, uh behind you. And you, the first time you notice it, it's just because, oh, there they are again. The second time you notice it, it's a new pack of, or a new group of five, but it's almost as if the first group turned off as the second group came on. Um, and by the time you make it back to Troll Skull, having basically crossed all of Waterdeep south and then back north again, uh, you are convinced that there are elements within the cult that were definitively following um i would say kind of the same way barrett you would notice that that same feeling like you're not being approached you're not um no one's tailing you close enough to like interact or anything like that and they're being fairly subtle about it by you know turning off to the right and then a new bunch comes on <coughs> um but you're fairly convinced you were both followed so if if Dawn would have mentioned that the night before, Barrett would have probably oh, tried to stealth there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. On the way there, but regardless, good to note. Yeah, roll a stealth check real quick. Okay. Barrett was never there. 27. Okay, 27, yeah. You're, you you confidently and easily lose them, but not, not before noticing that you were definitively also there. Yeah, I would say if Barrett knew that, he would stealth on the way there, that once he got away from the hell... As he's heading out, he would have stopped trying to stealth just to see if he picked up a tail. So yes, um, for coming back from the monastery and probably about ten to fifteen minutes on your walk, you're not tailed. But then pretty soon, about halfway back to Troll Skull, um, you pick up a tail along the way. I will definitely relay that to the crew when I get back. All right. Um, and that brings us comfortably to eight o'clock. So I think it is time for a break and then we will resume and see what happens after that. Is that good oh for everybody? Boy. Yeah. All right. See you in five, 10, something like that. Okay. So we didn't record any of that. I hope I remember all the things. <laughs> okay. Um, so Ellie has spent the past three days doing studying with Fala and in the basement trying to brew and um, trying to discover new ways to brew new things. <clears throat> mostly successfully, which is a good thing. The day of the 14th is here. Ellie is downstairs in the basement, like I said, uh, working feverishly 
sweat on the brow, hair tucked up and stabbed with a chopstick or some other such thing. Oh, uh, probably the whalebone. Um, the rest of the day on the 14th, who's doing what? Just a question on Ellie. Do we see Rascal at all during any of this time while we're there? Okay, great. I mean, not great, but okay. Well, uh, I mean, oh. Damon, that's, there is no Rascal, right? That's He's right. not back yet. That's okay, right. uh, yeah. Nor so then, yes, Barrett. Nor has he responded. Ah, okay. You gotcha. anyway. So Barrett heads off before sunrise and he's gone. He delivers the money anonymously. He heads off to a local monastery to learn some things, practice some things, and he gets back. I don't know, Damon, it felt pretty quick what we did. So yeah, no, it would be a couple hours about a four-hour block. Yeah, about so a four he, gets, block. he gets back and then right chats lunch, with anybody yeah. that wants to chat, and otherwise he's going to go off and study if there's nothing else going on. So that's uh, it. Works for me. Anybody else need to get anything done? Z, do you I, want I mean, if I, to go first? Oh. Yeah, I, I don't think Z's going to do that much uh, other than um, exercise, juggle. He's not making anything else. He might uh, play with the carpet a little bit. Love it. <laughs> figure out how it likes to be touched um so can you roll just just for that will you go ahead and roll a persuasion check Ooh, excellent and oh excellent that's gonna be 20 something 20 something that's that's plenty um z over the next few hours of, of playing the carpet um there's not there's not as much actual flight as you would hope for at least not for you um the carpet sails around everywhere uh very happily sails around everywhere and comes back to you periodically but as the day moves forward um you get the impression that the carpet has become more interested in you and what you're doing it seems to start modeling some of your behaviors it seems to start just following you from place to place you know as you sit and read a book or or whatever and stand to go pour some water it you know, creeps along the floor next to you and then creeps back, almost like um, a cat that doesn't really want you to know that it likes you yet, but is very much starting to appear as though it has a, a pretty significant. Um, everyone else, however, it seems to almost just completely come to a stop when anybody else comes into the room or is um, looking like a, just a regular carpet for the most part. I mean, everybody, assuming that you go in and out of rooms with in them, um, everybody at some point sees the carpet moving or flying or whatever. Oh, good. So it's not just my word for it. No, That's no, no, cool. it's not. No, everybody sees it, but it's like as soon as it notices that someone is watching, it just lays flat on the ground. Even if it's, it's like dropped. Toy Story. Yeah, even if it drops from two feet up and lands on the ground, you know, and at one point it lands like halfway on the couch, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but Z, you feel like you're getting a pretty strong attachment. Excellent. I've always wanted a cat. There you go. Um, <laughs> Weird. The cat owning, adopting, being friends with a smaller cat. <laughs> yes. I'm getting nice. like goofy and Pluto vibes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. Awesome. He'll play with it for the day, then. You know. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Anybody else? Anything that you want to do for before Sunday? If it's possible to get the last two hours in of this book of the class casting on the fourteenth, that would be cool. If not, that's fine. On the fourteenth, you were brewing on the fourteenth. I I so brewed regular moonshine on the fourteenth. So that was an eight-hour day, eight to four. Yeah. 
Um, I would say given the 12 hour day from the day before, it's probably not doable to, to okay. get more content, um, in any, I mean, I can imagine Ellie's like studying for finals and reach that point where you're just not going to. Okay. Um, and I would just spend it like polishing my armor, to make it a bit more presentable mm-hmm. than it probably has been after Nightstone and helping Erky with whatever, whenever Herb and his friends comes detailing what to do, um, just being available for that sort of a thing. Oh, Herb, yes. Herb shows up. Uh, he has five additional people with him. Um, they appear to mostly be family members, and one of them is probably only 11, 12, maybe, okay. <laughs> um, but is just as stoic and just as responsible seeming as the others. Um, and he would tell you that this is his youngest nephew who is in training, and he would ask permission for the nephew to join the group if it's all right. Um, he would take responsibility for any danger or damage encounters. Um, and the nephew, mm-hmm. while while the nephew is standing there, um, he's probably two feet shorter than the rest of them because they're all the rest of them are very tall. Um, but while the conversation is about him, he stands just stoic, straight faced. But you do notice just his eyes moving as he's being talked about, you know, where, where he's trying to watch the conversation and then he looks over to what, see what you say and, you know, back and forth. He's, he's clearly trying to hide his excitement at joining the crew. Okay. But, so that gives you a total of five um, full mm-hmm. on guards. Uh, so way back when I was hiring staff for the tavern, Herb is a furbolg and yes. he's like our head of security. He hired himself uh, essentially. Uh, it was, I was talked to do it, but um, he's super good at his job and super loyal and he way back when he first got hired said I do have friends who would come help and he refused his payment but he likes pastries that were very similar to Amelia's so um so when Herb is talking I would I would ask him very seriously uh what the nephew's favorite pastry flavor is very businesslike and um you would find out very quickly without even like he doesn't even have to ask the nephew Oh, raspberry. You know, I mean, just quickly, he knows that favorite pastry. Um, as if it's common to all of them, you know, that they all have their favorites. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so that is taken care of. Um, is there anything in particular you want to set them to do? Do you want them outside, inside? Um, what what instructions would you like to leave for Erky and the guards? Five furbolgs. <laughs> Five yeah. furbolgs and a gnome cleric. Okay. Uh, I would want one absolutely in the chapel at the windows. Okay. And whichever one is there, I will give a sending stone so they can send downstairs if they see something. Okay. Only one shot at that, so hopefully it's important. Um, I would say, oh gosh, I didn't think about. All right, all right. Uh, at least two in the common room. Okay. So one in the chapel, two in the common room. Uh, second floor, and they can do shifts as they see fit. But at least one person on the third, one on the second, two on the first. Um, I would tell Erky he can go wherever he thinks he needs to be. And I would say the same to Herb as well, if everyone agrees with that layout. So if if we're all there, then I would say that we would give them a list of people who, if they wanted to come into Troll Skull tonight, could. Is that fair? I feel like we should be closed, closed, closed. Well, I'm yeah. saying specifically the urchins, even though we told them okay, to stay yeah, the urchins, heck away. Okay. If they do come knocking at the door for some reason, yep. let them in. Otherwise, yeah, I'm agreeing. Nobody else needs to come in. Yeah. Not Trench, not anybody, <laughs> if he shows mm-hmm. up for whatever reason. But yes, I, I I like the idea that they can always come in. Yeah, the only other person yeah. I think for any reason would be Erna. 
Marnik's mom because she is like pretty ingrained in our staff at this point. So besides her and the urchins, I would say no one else should be coming in. Maybe we, we assign... offer her housing or while while um, Marnik was away because no one was helping her at her home. No. She said she was we fine, but if she needed anything to let us know. What about Andrew and okay. Marin? Do we did did anybody have any idea where they're at over the last oh. whatever? Marin is still at the tavern. Not uh, sure about Andrew. Yeah. Nobody is has Andrew seen Andrew quite a bit, but Marin is, yes, Marin is busying himself with, um, with actually, Z, you probably would have noticed at some point too, and Don, um, he's been doing a lot of um, crafting from wood lately mm-hmm. and has crafted some very, what he is referring to as toys, but are almost um, small mechanisms, machines um, that actually do things. <coughs> um He's been very busy just tinkering with with just small pieces of wood, nothing bigger than, you know, uh, maybe a deck of cards. But he's referring to that as toys. But what you actually see is sets of gears that, you know, you wind this and this side goes chunka, 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 you know, that that sort of thing. Uh, yes, is it fair is to there. say uh, that he can just hang with Erky, do whatever Erky asks him to do? It's a business well, night kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what he does already anyway, so. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Can can Ellie? Uh, she wouldn't have had time. Can can I do a, a perception check for Ander? Like, yeah. it, it could be a rush one. I don't. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, you've been sitting around too, taking breaks like that. Okay. Well, let's see what the dice say. <laughs> That's an eleven. There's no indication that Ander has been in or out, um, and Marin hasn't probably would be have if he came home. So. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Anything else? Okay. Putting on my fine clothes, my bon pantaloon. Mm-hmm. All right. So probably about an hour before sundown, um, the guards are actually getting in, into place. And the nephew and Herb are upstairs in the chapel. And um, Herb calls down uh, and lets you know that there's a carriage outside just pulled up. And if any of you were to... Look out the window. There is a fairly substantially sized carriage. Um, it looks uh, pretty fancy. It's got four horses pulling it and a driver. The driver is in um, what would be considered fine wear. <coughs> Excuse me. And he just sits outside off to the side um, close to Trench's house and seems to just wait. There are no guards with him or anything like that. It's just the carriage, him and the horses. And that's, again, about an hour before sun. Are there any definitive markings on the carriage, like the seal of Waterdeep? Or... Yes, the seal of Waterdeep okay. is emblazoned on the doors on both sides. All right, if no one else is going to do anything with that bit of information. No, um, I see if guards show up first. Greet, greet them and Z's going to go yeah, out was it... make sure that they are who they say they are and find out why they're there and are you the carriage? Why are you here? And la, la, la. All right. Um, and the, the carriage driver is human. He is um, kind of middle-aged, probably early 40s, maybe, and very, um, very refined. He answers questions very clearly. He does not provide any additional information other than what you asked um, and is extraordinarily polite, overly polite. Uh, and he lets you know that the carriage was already near the side of town. So he's arrived a little early. There's no expectation for you 
entertain him or host him. He's been instructed to just wait until others show up um, for your sundown departure. Z, you would also notice, um, if, actually, if you can just roll a quick perception check for mm-hmm. me, please. Oh, how about that? A 19. Oh, great. So you would notice the um, the carriage, while very fine and fancy, does appear to be, um, not, I wouldn't qualify it as a war carriage, but it is certainly um, enhanced. It sits very heavy on its wheels. Um, it's got plenty of spots that you can see that would, could support weapons if needed. Um, <clears throat> the inside, the doors, where the windows are, are currently open, but it appears as though all the doors can be shuttered and locked, the windows shuttered and locked. Um, it is a very Air Force One kind of carriage. Um, you get the impression that it is wood. very defensible. Have we seen these types of carriages around before? Do we know you that have they... not. Um, it's... No. Uh, you've seen similar... Um, you've seen other noble carriages that are enhanced but nothing to this this magnet um you know with some that are designed for protection and being the noble safe inside um but nothing to this level barrett will join z out on the street but he'll set the little wire on his door and then jump out his window closing the window behind him okay uh your driver actually introduces himself and his name is um kal k-a-l he does not give a, a surname or maybe that was his surname um but he only refers to him. <clears throat> Where have you been oh. instructed to take us? I'm sorry, Barrett. You're you're talking. No, no, no. You go. go you go, see. We'll be traveling this evening to Castle Waterdeep. And who specifically has sent you? Uh, the um, well, the the nobles of Waterdeep, I believe the lord excuse me, the lords of Waterdeep have requested a meeting, I understand. And Silverhand has sent orders for this carriage to arrive to uh, transport you to the castle. Very good. C looks over to Barrett for whatever questions he might have. We were told in the original invite that there would be guards here to escort us. Uh, is that not going to be the case now? The guards are uh, on their way, sir. They will be arriving uh, closer to our departure time. Very good. Can you tell me a little bit about this carriage? I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, certainly, sir. He hops down off of his seat. Um, he just briefly checks on the horses just to make sure that they're stable and secure and then actually opens the doors for you to have a look inside. Um, the doors are pretty massive and they open double, double door and you immediately notice that they are, um, lined with some sort of metal, probably steel or iron. Um, it is a well, well defended, uh, inside is beautiful. It's luxurious. The, the velvet on the cushions either is just as clean as it can be or has recently been replaced. Um, there are curtains in front of the windows so that they can be drawn against whatever sunlight is being Fine Corinthian leather. Indeed, fine Corinthian leather. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely stunning on the inside. Um, there are two vases, one in each end with small flower buds. Oh, nice each. touch. Um, yeah, it looks like... It looks like what what you would want to be hired for you, um, you know, prom night limo kind of thing, except for the all the added security. Uh, and he shows you shows you through essentially, and in, um, in the floor he lifts up and and he's proud of. And there's extra storage here beneath the seats, and you know, just showing you the features as if as if you might be buying a used car kind of thing. He kicks the tires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
Barrett, if you want to roll an investigation check, just since you're looking a little more closely. Yeah, then I'll do the investigation check. I was also going to do a look around to see if there's anyone walking around Troll Skull or hanging around Troll Skull Alley that doesn't look like they should be there, like cultists or anyone like that. But we'll start with the investigation of 12. So um, the rest of the carriage, probably the only other thing that you notice outright is that all of these doors, um, all of the shutters, all of the windows, pretty much anything that is open to the outside is all reinforced and lockable. Um, the All the mechanisms are designed to, once it's locked, nobody's getting in. Um, otherwise, there's nothing, you don't notice anything that is particularly dangerous in any way. It just looks like a very well-enforced carriage. Um, as to cultists, glancing around, you know, while you're listening to him go on about how, you know, the wheels are built extra strong to carry the weight of the carriage, uh, you glance around and there are no cultists that you can see from your vantage point inside the alley. Um, and that's common because you haven't, now that you think on it, seen the cultists come into Trollskull Alley at all. Um, they've been around on the outskirts of the alley, but you don't see them going to um, to any of the shops in the alley. They seem to avoid the alley itself. And today is like any other day. There, And otherwise, nobody... Nobody about that seems like they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, you do see Avi and Embrick from the upstairs of their house kind of peering out, looking at the carriage, um, but nothing nothing that would disturb you. Or I guess if we're just waiting, Barrett will wander over to Trench's building and just kind of give the whole front door, back door, windows, whatever kind of a once over to look like if there, to see if there's been any, knowing that he's been away for at least five days now, which I think was before the snow. Anyway, just looking to see if it looks like there's been anybody around there trying to get in, peeking in his windows, anything like that. Interesting. Roll an investigation. Yeah, I'm distracted by the carriage. Oh, okay. Um, That's a nat nat one. Okay. So as far as you can tell, he's not home, and it looks like he hasn't been. Uh, You don't see any signs of, of anybody trying to get in or break in or anything. Anything else anybody wants to do for... Sunset. Yes. Yeah. I would just detail to Herb and Erky to be especially on the lookout while we're gone for cult members. And if any try to get in or are specifically snooping around, if possible, keep count, see if they have silver trim or not. But they specifically are not to try to get in. So Noted. Not yet. They have no way of contacting us, do they? Um, I feel like it's fair to say we would have told Erky the extent of there most likely will be some sort of non-magical field, or if you try to send, it might not get through. Mm -hmm. If I don't respond, either I couldn't or I didn't hear, which I'd like to think I would. But if I can, if we can respond to a summons, we will. Um, But to not be surprised if you don't hear from us. But if you don't see us the next day, be concerned. So (laughs) if we don't come (laughs) back (laughs) after a day or two, uh, it's okay to worry a little bit. Erky can send if that's what you're Yeah, doing. I would just say that non-magical field, we might not get it. Indeed. So. All right. Hmm. So moving along then, um, I assume Barrett and Z, are you staying outside with the carriage the whole time or are you going back in to wait for the guards? Or No, I'll, I'll stay outside. Um, I was just going to mention that I've basically gotten rid of all of my magical things except I'm wearing the paraffin of proof against poison because that's okay. totally defensive, shouldn't raise any hackles. I've still got my headband on, because that's not offensive. And then 
I am carrying a quarter staff, just a plain regular old quarter staff. Okay. And uh, and I've got a story for as why, but okay. it's just it's it's just a, a non magical one. Um, and Don, you have the shield, the shield, the guardian emblem, the amulet, and Maboot. Maboot. Uh, yeah. And I'm leaving carry? behind. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I'm leaving behind like my traveler's backpack. I'm just going with what's equipped on my person. Uh, no weapons whatsoever. Okay. Z? Uh, Z's going to keep his ring of mind shielding. Psychic protection, that's what it is. Um, that's it. Some scarves that are non-magical and non-blow-up-y. Okay. And um, Ellie, you already told us about three daggers. What else are you? Um, I'm keeping my tattoo on. I'm keeping the pearl on my forehead uh though i will put on a like scarf bandana thing nice uh over it just to not draw attention and i will have my personal backpack on okay and um the book the arcander will be in the astral locker z's astral locker okay i think those are the all the magical Mm -hmm. oh i still have my armor on as well but I will have regular boots. Sorry, um, I didn't say it, but I still have my tattoo too. I can't take it off. You said it earlier. Yeah. And then the last but, thing for me is I, I am wearing the glove still. So I've got that under the gauntlet. So. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so the sun continues to drift down to the horizon and you bear it, you're outside. Um, you are there when a well, two <clears throat> units of guards arrive. Um, there are two units of four guards. And the first unit is clearly ceremonial. Um, they're carrying the banners of Waterdeep. They are, um, they all have ceremonial swords. They're all wearing shiny armor. The second unit of four is obviously the more um, dangerous unit. Um, and then... Also, I roll a perception bit, or you can. That is a 28. Okay. Uh, you do also notice as these guards show up, um, pretty high up, but not so far as to be out of your vision. There are two griffin riders along with griffin that are circling above you. They are, it would appear to you that they are probably trying to stay, not necessarily hidden, but they definitely could be flying at a much lower altitude um they are flying that high for a reason either to um to remain hidden from you guys maybe or to just not draw too much attention to the carriage not really clear to you what their motivation is but they've definitely you've definitely seen them fly lower <coughs> excuse me another circumstance um the one of the first four guards uh will head basically to the door of troll skull and he announces the request for proprietors of Troll Skull to attend and appear before the Lords of Waterdeep this night of blah, blah, blah. Very formal, you know, off of a scroll kind of invitation. And then he just kind of steps back next to the door and presumably is waiting for everyone to come out. All right. So uh, I would make sure I have the invitation with me so we have that piece of paper. Um, I will open the door if Ellie would like to go out and I'll shut it behind me when Z I'm sorry Z are you still outside or did you go back inside he went back in so he's coming back okay. out now okay um yeah. 
So the three other guards that are part of that unit, the, um, for lack of any better term, uh, the ceremonial unit, the three stand in front of you in, in kind of a triangle formation headed out with um, Ellie, then Z, then Don following, and then the, the last one basically brings up the rear. Um, to the three of you, it would definitely feel somewhere between pomp and circumstance, but at one point you would definitely realize that the three of you are very clearly surrounded um, and being escorted in a polite way to the carriage. Um, the driver, of course, would have alerted you, Barrett. Time has come, time has come, that kind of thing. Very good. Do I need to ride inside or may I ride on the footman's uh, board on the back? Uh, everyone will be inside, sir, if you don't mind. Okay. I guess I'll go ahead and join my friends in the pomp slash escorted group. So as the four of you climb in and take your seats opposite of each other, um, the, yes. So as we're climbing in, I'm just going to whisper to everybody while there's noise and commotion going on. There's two Griffin riders up above us, just FYI. <coughs> and, nice. But they don't flinch at the fact that I'm holding a quarterstaff. Um, well, actually, we're, we're getting to that. So oh, as you step in and, and the four of you take your seats, um, the, uh, the driver reaches in and flips a little switch and a small table comes up between the two of you or between the two bench seats so that you have a small table between you. And then, excuse me, the ceremonial guard um, would walk to the door and looking at each of you asks, are you carrying any weapons? We have a place you may store them on board the carriage. <coughs> Ellie will take the Nihilor dagger and put it on the table thing. That's it. Thank you. And he takes I it. have the staff, but I was wounded recently. You can see the scar. He kind of pulls open his shirt a little bit. Scar goes all the way down. Like I would like to have this for a little bit of support. It's just Roll a stick. It it's not magic. Roll it aside. What? Roll a deception check. I haven't actually said anything. It's a lie yet. <laughs> 14. I would like to have it for support. All right. 14. Uh, he pauses for a moment and, and takes in the scar, and, and um, he very politely, to your health, sir, you may keep your stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. And he holds, Ellie, he's holding your dagger in a, in, in a very respectful way. He's taken it by the hilt, but he's being very careful with it. He's placed it in his hand so that it's just flat on his hand, so you can see it the whole time. Is there anyone else that would like to declare any weapons? Weapons are specifically forbidden from the meeting with the Lords of I shake my head, and I say, as, as a cleric, I see no need for violence at this type of event. Very well. And, um, Ellie, I need you to roll a step. <laughs> Do I need uh, one check per item, or? No, no just one. Okay. Uh, uh, that's a, hold on. Where's exception? That's a 14. Okay. Uh, he looks at each of you and, and just kind of briefly, not a once over, more of an acknowledgement. Thank you across to each, each of the four. And he closes the double doors. You hear latches fall into place as the doors are locked. Um, he stands up on the running board and, and, just speaks into the window. The guards will be accompanying you on either side. If you have any anything during our travel, please do not hesitate to say so. We will leave the windows open unless there is a preference to close them or any other security issue forces. Will that be acceptable? 
probably best to have the windows open. One of us gets a little motion sick sometimes. Very well. <laughs> Put Pat, Pat Don on the shoulder. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so just to give you an idea of a frames of reference while you're in the carriage, the carriage is um, it's it's pretty spacious. It could fit. It could easily fit another one of you on each bench. So it could even fit three on each bench, and you're only two. Um, you get the impression that where the table is could also be another bench seat if needed. So there's some pretty pretty open space inside. Uh, there are no windows on the front. There is a window on the back, but it is sealed. It's glass, um, so it doesn't open. And then there are windows in each door. They're probably maybe a foot square um, each window. So there's a total of four that are open to the outside. Um, as the sun sets, it will start to get a little cold. And you notice that the um, right in the center of the table, there's a small disc that um, turns on as, as you get underway. And there's a small amount of heat from that disc, presumably to keep the carriage warm. <clears throat> um, so he pulls through, the, the carriage begins to shudder and pulls through, turns around within the alley and begins heading um, out of Trollskull Alley, turning, turning to a left, taking the high road down to um, the castle. As you proceed down through the city, um, glancing out the windows, you see a couple of um, a couple of cultists. Very few actual citizens because they seem to be just rare at this point with many cultists around the street. But there's a few here and there. Um, and you, you travel past familiar sites. Is there anything anybody wants to talk about or do on the way to the? The guards in the carriage with us? No, they're all walking alongside. The carriage oh, is okay. so heavy that it's incredibly slow, so they're walking along the wow. side. Do, are they like uh, are they like the English guards that uh, don't talk at all? Absolutely. Beef like eaters. Got the big hat, everything. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Belly will occasionally say random things to them to see if they, they respond in any way, but otherwise, no. Actual conversation. Uh, so there is one who clearly was appointed to be the person who responds. Um, and, you know, he, he responds in a polite yet curt fashion, uh, answering whatever questions you have, but he's not making any conversation. He's not being rude. Uh, he's being very efficient in his conversation. Uh, okay. Okay. Is that good enough? Yeah. All right. So uh, you make your way essentially straight down the high road, past the North Ward, past the market area, um, in through the, um, past the Copper District and the City of the, or almost to the Copper District and the City of the Dead, turning, um, turning headed west toward the coast and the the griffin, the giant of all of the, the seven walking statues um, away and up on the hill and the castle of Waterdeep you've seen many, many, many times up on the hill. But now for some reason, it's a little more ominous and because probably because of the pace that it takes you to get to the castle, uh, the size of it just really comes into full focus. This place is huge. You were just here three, four days ago coming off of your airship. Um, so you've been here before, but again, because it's because of your arrival being so slow, you're really given the opportunity to take in the sheer size and powerful feeling of the castle. Uh, the front of the castle is made of, or the, the main entryway is made up of a series of ramps that go up basically the side of the mountain. The castle sits up on a pretty large hill. When you landed as part of um, coming off of your airship, 
you didn't come out of the formal entrance. You came out of a side um, a side tower designed for that purpose. So you've never actually been up the ramp. Your carriage um, passes the awning portal and then finally comes to a stop right at the base of the first ramp. And the, um, the driver announces your arrival mainly to the guards and himself because you don't see anybody else around. Um, you all are invited to step out of the carriage. Bolts are unlatched, things like that. And you're invited to step out, at which point the guards have um, completely surrounded you. Not, well, they've surrounded you. Um, and if any of you were to look up, you would note that there are now four Griffin Riders above you. Uh, Barrett, you would have seen them earlier, so it's probably the two that came with you and then two additional ones from the castle. As you step out of the carriage, uh, you're in the large, I don't know, greeting area, probably would be the best way to describe it. Um, actually, I can share my screen. Let me do it. Sorry, new computer, who dis? Oh, no, I can't without quitting Zoom, so I apologize. I will not reach my screen. Um, the passage up to the castle, as I said, is a ramp. The very first um, ramp that you come to after the carriage pulls away and leaves you and the two units of guards standing. The very first ramp is joined with a guard tower. It's a very low guard tower, only two stories, and the guards are situated actually in the first story. There are windows in the second story. You assume there are probably guards and you do not see. And the guards in the tower just kind of nod, the guards that are accompanying you, and you begin the long walk up the ramp. The ramp zigzags, it tacks back and forth a few times, and at every corner is a new guard tower. And in each of those guard towers, the guards who are escorting you essentially check in, identify themselves, identify who you are, and continue to progress. Until the last one, which would be the one right before you get to the actual castle. For that one, the guards step out of their tower and ask again, do you have any weapons? The meeting is, uh, there are no weapons permitted in with Lords of the Waterdeep. Do you have any additional weapons? To it's the same guy asking, or it's no? These are two. These are two guards, guards that stepped out of the last, the final guard tower before you get to the castle proper. So Barrett was definitely making a show as he came up of using his quarter staff and right. just says, "I I do have this staff, but I just using it for uh, medicinal purposes. Would appreciate uh, if I could keep it." The original guard gives a nod to this new guard so roll a deception check with advantage deception with advantage okay yes that would be an 18 all right uh you may keep your staff thank you anyone else i reach into my hair and i pull out the whalebone remembering that it's pointy on one end and i say oh i totally forgot about this i mean anything could be a weapon these days but i will turn this over if it's necessary and then hand the whalebone um okay he takes yeah. it from you and begins to examine it <laughs> and just hands it back uh there will be no need appears to be innocuous very well and he turns um to the main gate you see now the the ramp that you have followed all the way up passing the final guard tower the ramp opens up to be <clears throat> um to a small courtyard a stone courtyard with pretty high walls and there is a very large iron gate. Uh, the guard just opens the gate. It doesn't appear to have been locked in any way. And as it swings open, you can just hear it go. And the magistry of the castle of Waterdeep is kind of spread out before you as now you can see the internal courtyard 
of the, the castle. The internal courtyards are absolutely stunning, statuary trails, um, beautiful lawns and gardens, <laughs> that sort of thing. And you are led to the west where there is yet another tower. Uh, this tower is much taller. And from this one, you can readily see arrows literally drawn and pointed down at you uh, as you pass through this area and finally enter the castle. Um, the castle itself is what you would expect a castle to be. You feel like you're probably being entered, being brought in through some ceremonial entrance. Uh, it certainly does not look like the entrance where um, flour is delivered, for example. This is definitely a, a fully ceremonial space. The floors are all tiled. The ceilings are all minimum of 15 feet high, depending on where you are inside the area. As you pass through, there are various doors on each side of you down a very, very long hallway. Uh, presumably, this is kind of the business end of Waterdeep. You see a number of people shuffling between what you assume are offices, um, conducting some sort of business and that. Um, you know, you see offices that you would expect to see in a governmental building. There's one that appears to just be covered in maps on the inside, that sort of thing. And all in all, it feels very, certainly not welcoming because of the um, the ostentatiousness of it all, but certainly not threatening either. It, it is befitting of a town called the City of Splendors. Um, lots of gold statuaries, fountains, lots of beautiful things around you. Finally, you're led into a very large room, um, <clears throat> up a set of stairs, and in this room, oh, shoot, share my screen. Um, okay, well, it's on Miro. Let me see something. Is that like something you have to toggle on before you start a meeting? I, I just got my computer, this computer, and I haven't run Zoom on it yet, and you have to turn on permissions to allow blah, blah, blah. Uh, so. Yep. Um, I think what I can do, I can just send a picture of the map in Discord because you don't have to like see it for long, I don't think. But since I went ahead and created the map, by golly, we're going to look at it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yep. Master's Hall. Here we go. It's Master's Hall in Waterdeep? Yep, Master's Hall, Castle Waterdeep. Ooh, fancy. Oh, wow. And wow. I will drop that in for you so that you can have a look at it as well. That would be great because I don't have access to me. Oh, you don't have it either. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, here it is. If it's not too big, it looks like it was no problem. Can I share my screen? So fun. Oh, shoot. I put it in Eliana's. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would work. Yeah, that would totally work. Um, if you want to do that, Travis, that would definitely work. Uh, let me get Zoom up to, let's see here. I'm not a Zoom expert. We use Teams at work, so. Uh, it's share screen is at the bottom under. Yeah, there we go. Share screen, screen number three. How's that look? Um, I don't have it yet. I don't That's see good. anything yet. After you click screen three, you then have to click share again. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, oh thank you, Hey, anyway. thank you. I love Success. it. That's wonderful. Uh, okay, so that's wonderful because the uh, time that I'm kind of taller. If you want me to change the view or something, yeah, no, this will be perfect. So uh, you have two guards in front of you, two guards behind you. The set in front proceeds up the stairs that that are there in the bottom of the map and the south end of the map. And the first thing you see is a very substantial fountain with a statue in the middle. It doesn't. None of you quickly recognize who this statue is, some form of a wizard. 
Um, presumably it is one of the black staffs of old, but it's not anybody that any of you recognize immediately. The tables um, in front of you extend almost the full length of the room. They're huge marble tables, marble surface on the top. There are a number of very elegant chandeliers lighting the center of the room and smaller chandeliers around the outside of the room, which are providing the only lights. There are a number of stained glass windows on the eastern wall, which are allowing a little bit of light through, but it's sunset. So the, the sun has gone down outside. And while you would expect that normally there would be uh, more light in a room this large, right now you've got the candlelight from all of these chandeliers and that's about it. The first person that you notice is um, Barnabas Blastwin there at the bottom left corner. That's um, the detective who investigated the death of Iris when you first came to town. And then the room is lined with guards. There are a number of guards on either side. <clears throat> on the western wall, there are two sets of very large double doors that um, are currently closed and sealed. Seated along the path or along the, the eastern table are Renair, never remember who you recognize. At the far end of the table is a very large, very angry looking beholder who you recognize to Xanathar. And then closest to you at the end of the table is a gentleman with whom you are not familiar. He is um, gray skin, long shoulder length, dark hair, probably uh, middle 30s age looking. He has a, one of his arms appears to be made of metal. It's a, appears to be an artificial arm that is currently sit, sitting limp on the table. And he looks impatiently at the door as you guys enter and, <coughs> um, excuse me, doesn't actually say anything, just kind of looks at you and then looks back ahead as if he ignores you. Um, Renair, however, immediately stands up and waves to you all. The guards in front of you uh, suggest that you may find your seat on any, at any of the chairs on the east. And he directs you to those chairs, basically in the middle of the table. And you're welcome to do your life. Unless somebody says something different, I'm just going to stick solid here. Okay. Oh, I guess, Damon, you can move. I just you, realized you, that I can do that. Yes. You're in there. You just can't share it. Okay. You can share it. Yep. Or I'm happy to move if you, whatever. Yep. Anybody so, have uh, a particular seating order? That was my question. Does anybody have a, a particular seat you would like to see? Uh, I feel like this order is good. We just need to be, you said in the center, the guard said, sorry, the guard told us to sit in like the center. So there are five chairs available in the center. It it seems as though maybe those were reserved for you. Oh, I I don't know if Z would want to sit next to Xanathar. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like I kind of bonded with him last time when we met in the alley at Troll Skull. So I'll I'll go plop down there. That's fine. I absolutely love that. Thank I'll you. sit wherever is left slash anybody puts me. I can't move either. <laughs> so I'll wait and see um, where my friends are comfortable sitting and then I will sit. I will, I'll sit uh, between Barrett and, I mean, not between Barrett, wow, well, next to Barrett and yeah, I don't know who else is, I guess then. Z, where are you going? Next chair. Perfect. Good. Honestly, though, Barrett would probably stand behind his chair until more people arrive or other people are seated. Look formal. If that's what you chose to do. And that is exactly what Ellie will say if she sees him doing it. Because why not? Um, But as we walk by, I can't remember what the investigator's name was. What did you say his name was? Barnabas? Yes, I would 
nod to him and acknowledge him, I guess. But hey, hi, we know you. It's good to see you again. Uh, and he's very polite. Um, he would definitely um, nod. Probably wouldn't speak uh, just because this is a formal entry of you as guest. Um, the notably, the person on the end who you do not, are not familiar with does not stand or even recognize you as you pass by. Uh, he makes no attempt to be polite or kind or anything. Xanathar, on the other hand, Barrett would look at you and and he kind of gives this, well, as much as he can bow, just a very polite nod. Uh, Xanathar is big on the social graces, or at least he tries to pride himself in being such. So he gives you a, a nod, such as it is. I would return it with a... You know, you do yeah. notice that Xanathar is not seated in chairs. Uh, he's kind of bobbing next to the chairs or next to the table. And there are two chairs pulled out where he um, would have been seated. If <clears throat> um, a few moments go by after everyone is seated. The guards all look just um, very stoic. They're not saying anything. They're not speaking to anyone. They just stand there. And the guards that brought you in uh begin to depart they leave they head essentially to guard the bottom of the stairs and near um near the exits they don't actually just a quick rundown on the rest of the room there are a few more statues of people that again you don't recognize but would presume they are probably prior black staffs there is another fountain all in all this is a very um very big very ceremonious room you get the impression that the room itself is not permanently set this way it could be used for any number of things because the tables are, um, they're actually panels that can be rearranged if needed. The chandeliers are hanging very low um, to provide light over the table. And I will say that as each of you sit at each table, within probably a few seconds, you start to feel the magic that you normally possess, especially in the items that you have just slowly begins. Um, Barrett, the the, uh, the headband of intellect, I mean, you could just feel it just slowly, almost like, um, almost like just right before you fall asleep, that feeling where it comes over you and then all of a sudden you're aware that you were falling asleep and you wake back up, um, just as the magic leech of you. The, the other person for whom that is very noticeable is Don um, for obvious reasons from recent events, you particularly notice changes um, under your glove. <clears throat> okay. So a question- But everybody notices in one way or another that the magic that they normally feel internally is is fading. So just a quick question on that. So any items that like, so like my tattoo and my headband of intellect, I'm gonna unattune to them, I assume, right? Uh, it would be equivalent of that, yes. You don't need okay. to on your character sheet if you don't want to. Um, that might be a little much, but- but that's okay. essentially what would happen. Whatever whatever powers they provide you are have faded. Okay. Okay. Um, on that note, if you need it for your notes, Damon, my AC is going to drop by one. Okay. And my strength will drop from a 19 to a 16, so my modifier will also drop by one. Fair enough. Yeah, my intelligence just went from a 19 magic to a nine. Drops by two. <laughs> right. Everything's changing. Intelligence dropped to nine. Is that what you said? Wow. From a 19 to a nine. Whoa! Ouch. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, what? Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Yeah. No, I, think that, would, I think that would be very 15. noticeable for you, Barrett. Um, oh, yeah, a, yeah. A significant change like that, your head would definitely feel a bit foggy. 
Um, oh. You remember where you are and all that stuff, but it, yeah, yeah. it definitely would be a noticeable change. A question uh, on that. Um, for those of us who attuned to a book, the book was wasn't that. That's what I was wondering. But how is that affected? Like if I have the Spare the Dying book on my person, am I still attuned to it because I studied it and it's with me? Yes, yes. Books okay. are, as as my great grandmother used to say, knowledge is the only thing that can't be said. Perfect. So, there you okay. go. That's the title of the episode right there. Yes. I love it. There it is. Yes. It. Yeah, done. Um, I take it as easy. Uh, Mithalar paw is just a paw. It's just a paw. Yeah, and, and the pearl is just a pearl. Or the, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, one more question, Damon, when you're done writing it down. Go ahead. In chat, I had asked if the glove was a holy artifact. And then in the anti-magic field spell, if it's a deity provided item like that it won't be affected but i particularly it does still affect the glove um i know stuff happened like right before the session so <laughs> i'll just i'll just say no you can still feel something from the glove pardon then before the the connection that you okay do i sense it? that the ma yeah is different <laughs> okay so i get but do i feel like i could still use it could still generate magic or it is yes you do you do. It, it feels very much like it did three hours ago, not one hour. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, right. it does. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Um, oh. So beneath you is obviously a very substantial um, carpet, beautiful red velvet carpet. If it has ever been walked on, it does not show it. Um, there are, in front of you is a cup on at each place, um, which appears to contain water or some other refreshment of some kind, maybe wine. And then across from you, of course, are a series of chairs. Each of those chairs is a very tall backed chair, straight back, except for the very center one, which is obviously more ceremonial and decorative than the rest. Uh, it's more of a, a wing back chair, not certainly not a throne, but it is definitively for someone of him. Um, and you would assume, I think that that is probably so. Um, Everybody's settled in. Everybody's getting seated. Is there anything that you would like to discuss or talk about amongst yourselves before whatever happens? Eric will tap Eliana, say, hey, ask Don to ask, ask Z to ask Don to ask Veneer <laughs> who the guy is at the end of the table. What's his story? Pass it down. Pass it down. So Rainier says, my underwear is what color? Yeah. No, I will I will turn and just directly look at the guy at the end of the table and say, "Hey, hey, what are you in for?" <laughs> um, just loud turns, enough for him to hear, of course. Excellent. He turns down to all of you um and with uh, with virtually no sense of respect, um almost hisses um and I mean, it, it's not as though he's like making a threat, but it's very clear that he's not interested in talking to whoever you are. Um, and he says, I am Manchun. That is all you need to know. He's probably with this ends. Looks where he's seated. And I would, mm -hmm. I would say, Don, you would recognize the name Manchun as the legend or, or the rumor as the, he is rumored to be the boss of the So does he whisper oh. that out loud? Z, did you yeah, say that out loud? Yeah. Okay, so I look at Z and I would just give you a nod like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very well. 
Uh, I keep, wow, I feel like I now I understand what you go through when you have different. Um, okay, <laughs> so you notice um, after your conversation, you see that the guards across the way all begin to open the double doors and the doors open and a couple of folks begin to file in. Um, the first people to come in are three people through each a set of double doors. They are all dressed identically. Uh, they have huge, almost looks like diving bells over their heads. You cannot see their faces at all. Very ornate helmets. Um, and they all march in and take seats there. Uh, as the doors open, could I stand? You certainly could. Absolutely. I do that. Sure, Z will too. Yeah, Barrett will join that. And I guess the Ellie will uh, reluctantly uh, follow. Okay. <laughs> Manchun notably does not. Renair obviously quickly hops in. Um, so each of se those sets of three are led into the room by on uh, the northern set, Blackstaff, and on the southern set, Junhill, the captain of the guard who you have also met. These are apparently the Lords of Waterdeep based on the description that you've had. And the final person to enter the room is Silverhand. All of them come over to their chairs and stand. Silverhand essentially beckons to all of you to be seated. And as she does so, all of the lords sit. Um, interestingly, you notice as the lords take their seats, um, <clears throat> they, let's see, the one closest on either side of Silverhand, something is a little funny about their dress. Like their, their garments kind of change, um, almost as if their physical stature changes a little bit as they sit down. And you notice that both of those two back a little further away from the table. Um, and then their garments, the original. The, I, it's the one on either side or, of Silverhand. Okay. Yeah. Can I, uh, I guess, insight or perception check to, like, does that look like what would happen if someone had, like, I know we're in an anti-magic field, but that looks strange. Does that look familiar in any way to Ellie? Uh, roll a perception check. Uh, that's, uh, 12. I would say with Ellie's familiarity with illusions, um, it would look like an illusion is involved somehow. Okay. There's some sort of illusory magic going on. Does Barrett notice that Eliana is studying this? Um, I mean, I would think so. Yeah, you're sitting right next to each other. I imagine you would I would lean over and whisper, we don't know that the anti-magic field extends to their side of the table. Hmm. You'll just, like... Nod slowly makes sense. So the next few things, but not want to draw it. Um, Silverhand has um, very ceremonial gown on, uh, similar to what you saw when she was at Trollsfall, but a little bit nicer. Um, this is clearly the Lords of her Waterdeep dress. Um, Blackstaff, on the other hand, looks well dressed. She's in formal clothing, but she is still very clearly ready for battle. Um, the, the black staff is still clutched in her hand. It is much longer than the last time you saw it. It extends almost her full height. The last time you saw it, it was um, uh, about two or three feet long and attached to her belt. In this case, it is full length, again, um, a little bit taller than her. And then on the other end is Jun Hill, who is in ceremonial armor, but very clearly armor. He is still um, dressed for battle and still carries his uh, huge longsword. Um, for a moment, there's nothing but silence until Silverhand basically uh, looks to her right and to the left at the other lords 
who all nod back to her and she extends her hands open and she says, welcome honored guests. It is our pleasure to have you here at this meeting today. We apologize for the heightened level of security, but I'm sure you all understand. We will introduce everyone first, to make sure everyone knows who is involved. And she begins to go down, um, down the row. She starts at Manchun. Uh, she essentially just calls him Manchun, leader of the Zentrum, and <coughs> excuse me, an honored guest of Waterdeep. And then she goes to Rainier, Rainier Neverember, son of Lord Neverember, former blah, 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 goes through all his titles um, and refers to him essentially as honored, an honored noble. Then she gets to um, the trollmates. She does not introduce you all individually, um, but she says she refers to you as the keepers of Troll Skull Tavern and Troll Skull Manor, recent new citizens of Waterdeep, business people, and noblemen. And then finally, she goes to um, <laughs> to good old Xanathar at the end, and she says, and one who probably needs no introduction, Xanathar. And he holds up the, the little fishbowl that he seems to always have with him and goes, <laughs> she says, and his fish, and moves on from that. Um, she says, it is uh, a great pleasure to have you all today at this meeting of the Lords of Waterdeep. You can see we have convened a smaller meeting of the Lords than is normally present. This is for efficiency and to allow for the Lords to be properly represented while allowing few people to understand what happens in this. Everything we will discuss is completely confidential and we would require the same confidentiality from you. Please do not speak of this meeting once you leave. And she goes on with some other just general requests. Um, lots of them dealing with etiquette. You know, if, if someone else is speaking, please allow them to speak before you begin your sentence, that kind of uh, Some of that is very clearly directed towards Xanathar. Uh, she's obviously met with. And she um, then she gets to the, the meat of the meeting. She says, we are here to discuss with you, the other leaders of Waterdeep, the current and recent threat being imposed by the cult of Syric. Each of you has a leadership position in the city, as I'm sure you are all aware. Because of your respected positions, we, the Lords and I, have decided to seek your input and assistance as we deal with this threat. <clears throat> she goes on for a few minutes to describe the, the um, kind of the introduction of the cult and how long they've come in and all this good stuff. And then you hear just a thunderous pounding at the door. Uh, the guards all jump to attention. The doors in the southern half of the room where the entry doors that you came through slam open and you see two guards that are right kind of bracing the door. They are thrown back from the doors as um, a... a <laughs> A voice and stature that you recognize comes barreling into the room. Elminster comes stomping in, you know, capes flying behind him. He walks up and just stands right here in the middle of the room, shouts over to Silverhand, how dare you have them here without me? And he goes over and takes place a place next to you between, um, <coughs> excuse me, between Barrett and Xanathar. And he looks down at the four of you are you all right? Did they do anything? No, we're fine. <laughs> so far, we're good. Yeah. He shouts across the room, very well. 
Silverhand, what's the meaning of all this? She kind of um, breathes in deeply. She motions to all the guards to calm themselves as they are all ready to draw swords and run after Elminster. Um, and she she looks across the table and says, Elminster, I am sorry you were overlooked. I did not expect you to be in town. And he says, Harumph. you know, like he doesn't believe that for a second. But at any rate, so she introduces Elminster as um, also a leader of Waterdeep, uh, to which he replies, I'm not even a citizen of Waterdeep, let alone a leader. Let's get to the meeting. Very well. So she goes on again, reviewing um, the the threats from the cult. And she reveals a few things that some of you probably, that you may or may not have known. The, um, the cult has taken in members from neighboring cities in huge volumes. It's not just Waterdeep, but her concern right now is Waterdeep. She specifically mentions Helms Hall overflowing with orphans. She specifically mentions the number of people who have stopped working because they've now become cult members. And on top of that, people who have just plain gone missing that haven't been in a 10 day or more who are presumably somewhere deep within the cult. Um, she reviews with Manchun some of the um, more well-known deeds that the Zentrum have been capable of and very frequently gives them a twist to make them sound as if they were not necessarily detrimental to Waterdeep. Essentially, she's stroking then she moves on to the four of you and pretty much does the same thing, describing the events at Trollskull with the dragon, describing the um, some things that you weren't even sure she was aware of, describing the um, the events at the fishery and the elimination of Neolure. And when she mentions the fishery, Manchun pipes up and says, those guys were innocent. Those were my people they slayed. You know, she tries to calm him down and, and the guards brussel a little bit. This kind of goes on and on for a, a good 15 minutes, this bantering back and forth about um, the deeds that each has done. She gets to the Xanathar Guild and she talks about how they provide stability for some of the less fortunate. Clearly she means they provide a place for thieves to be thieves. Um, but she's... She's doing a fair job of literally trying to stroke the egos of the two criminals on either end, at very least. When she refers to Renier, she talks about his father and how when his father left under um, questionable circumstances, Renier stood up to protect the city of Waterdeep and so on. Very much insinuating that perhaps Renier has some sort of criminal intent, but she's whitewashing it to make it sound as if it's noble. Finally, Elminster says, and what do you want to do? What are, what are we here for? Why do you have all these people? She finally clearly gets to the meat of the matter. She says, it has been decided among some of the lords of Waterdeep that the removal of the cult is of the utmost. However, it has also been decided that the, the introduction of the cult has presented an opportunity for potential enemies of Waterdeep to do harm to the city. Our guard staff is shortened. Our municipal staff reduced to almost none. The crops are not being brought in. Farm. The city is in a place of weakness. We must shore up all the resources that we have and also eliminate all the questions. Therefore, we would invite each of you until we have the issues with the cult sorted, we would invite each of you to remain here in the castle. You have rooms that will be provided for you. 
your safety will be taken care of, your needs will all be met. We would like to offer this place of honor to you as we all work together through removal of the cult. At which point, Elminster kind of looks over at you and then she lo he looks back at them and looks kind of down the, the row of each of the- Oh no. Oh no, he froze. No! <laughs> no! Oh, oh the end of the game. <laughs> if you can hear us, you're frozen. I mean, that, that is a cliffhanger, essentially. I knew no. we were going to stay when when you said, uh, was it Blackstaff said they'll provide rooms? I was like... Rooms are being prepared. Yeah, no. I, I, I That's why I brought my bag. Yeah, I brought my bag, but I didn't bring anything else with it. I didn't bring any of the magic stuff. I'm back! Have a, oh, God. Yay! <laughs> Am I back? Oh my God. You're back. Yes. Am I here? Yes, you're okay. back. We're we're at 936. I'm sorry. We're just going to go over just a hair. I'll try to keep it quick. Um, <clears throat> so Elminster says, so you expect them to be prisoners. She looks directly at you, Don, and says, we would not, of course, expect you to be a prisoner in our castle. You would be a guest treated as a noble would be treated. Do you have an objection? And she's looking directly at you, Don. Sit for half a second, and then I would counter. I don't see how any of us is any more important than any other citizen of Waterdeep, without further explanation and/or justification. He ponders your response for a moment, and then looks over at Renair and says, "Lord Neverember, certainly you would agree that this is a wise option." And he just starts to say something. It's not clear how he's going to respond. He's um, this is the first time you have really seen him acting as a noble. And he is wearing it well, fills his seat. He's dressed in a very respectful way. He's acting like his position um, for the first time that you've seen him. Up until now, you've always seen him as kind of a bud kind of thing. But he begins to open his mouth and the, uh, the masked lord to her left speaks and says, I was certain that this would be their response. It is unfair to ask them to be guests for any period of time. The one to her right, I disagree, and states a reason that we, we must contain the unknowns. Interestingly enough, they both have the exact same voice. You cannot determine any difference between their voices at all. Male um, voices, female voices. Monotone, completely indeterminate. Okay. Completely indeterminate. Um, Elminster, on the other hand, um, leans forward at his table and gets very, very, very quiet. And he looks down at Xanathar and then down at Manchun and then across the table at Silverhand. And he says, I would not even allow you to imprison them without charge or trial. And I don't like it. And she starts to, for the very first time, you see Silverhand mm, not necessarily back down. She's still very powerful and still wears it like she's powerful. But you can see just a glimmer in her face that she realizes now she's going to have a challenge. The... Uh, the Masked Lord closest to Blackstaff stands up and leans forward on the table. And as he leans forward, as it leans forward, um, Ellie and Barrett, I think, probably be looking in that direction. You both notice that the shape appears to grow larger by about eight inches taller. And you hear, um, you hear that Masked Lord shout, I don't know about the rest of them, but the keepers of Troll Skull have done nothing but good for the city. They will be helpful. I need all of you to roll a perception check, I guess. I'd like to split mine for a 19. 
Fair enough. At twenty. Twenty nine. Nice. Oh God. I want I want a nat twenty. Is anything ever gonna be higher than seventeen? Ooh. Uh twenty one. All right. Un- well, unnatural. Perfect. So twenty three. Oh my god. Okay. So nice. very all of you very quickly after hearing this voice piece together from the size, the shape, and the voice of this person. That's Dernan under that map. You know that voice. And as soon as he finishes, Silverhand says, Lord, please remember, step back from the table. And he kind of steps back and you see shrink again. And at that point, um, two, two down from her, not the one next to June Hill, but the next one up, stands up. She leans forward, or it leans forward, and <laughs> says, I come in a female voice. I completely disagree. We must have all of the power located under one roof so we know where things are being kept. And they begin to argue amongst themselves. As this continues for a few minutes, each of them kind of steps a little close to the table and you you watch as their sizes and shapes change a little bit. Um, the only one who doesn't is the one furthest to the south. The female voice you do not recognize at all. No idea who that is. Um, to the right of Silverhand, you don't recognize that person either. Um, to her immediately immediate left, again, it's a male voice, gruff, but not someone you recognize. The two closest to Blackstaff are Dernan and Mark, um, without question. They are under those hoods. The arguing continues. Um, finally, Silverhand stands to her feet, and enough. This decision has been made. You will remain our guest. Guards, could you please escort them to their rooms? At which point, all the guards head toward all of you. And as they do so, you watch Elminster stand up and he looks around this room and he says, I will not have it. He draws his huge sword from God knows where his robes and throws it up to the ceiling, at which point it spins and chops down all three of the chandeliers, which crash to the center of the floor. He yells out, Renair, get them out of the city. And he claps his hands and you all are suddenly transported to a pub. You're seated in chairs in a pub, a tavern that you do not recognize. Renair is there with you and he looks around very quickly into the room and he says, okay, we'll be fine. We have to get out of the city. We are, which tavern? Ah, perfect. We're in the scaled sylph. This will be easy. I know my way around. Let's get our breaths. Everyone, if you have weapons, grab them now. The guards will be behind us very quickly. The end. Why? Oh my <laughs> Why god. Why must you end there? And welcome to level 10. Oh. Ah! Finally. I have no kitchen. <laughs> you have no kitchen? Oh you have no kitchen? You have to get back to Troll Skull. I'm I think that's a good stopping point. Thank you for bearing with me for an extra 15 minutes. I appreciate it. <laughs> very dramatic oh loss gosh. of computer. Oh, sorry oh about that. Yeah. yeah. The timing that was, was, that was you have hilarious. to stay here. You have to stay here. <laughs> uh, 